Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. Sorry for the short delay, but we are here. Uh, today's Friday, January 15th. I'm Carter, and I'm joined, as always, by Carrie. We are trying some new tech a little bit. We're still fiddling around with the new configuration. This might be better. Yes, this might be better. We're trying stream StreamYard. So yes. if it's the first time here, this is a live show. We do Mondays and Fridays. You can also check out our content library. We have another show called Deprogrammed, which is more of a deep dive into social justice ideology. Um, you can also check out our Clips channel. A lot of times still, there are still people that don't know we have a Clips channel and they're asking for short clips. We have them. We just put them on a different channel so they don't clog up this one. You can go to Unsafe Space Clips and you can follow that channel for the, the shorter uh, content. If you would like to support us, uh, you can like and share and subscribe. Um, you can also financially uh, contribute at Subscribestar or uh, here via YouTube, the YouTube, what is that thing called? Community and I think. YouTube memberships. Yeah. And you can also go to unsafespace.com and look on the donate page. There's lots of different ways to, to do that if you want to and are able to. There's a, even a Bitcoin wallet. Um, we we have a book club and yeah we have a book club and coming up on January twenty fourth it's it's free to join and participate and be in book club uh, we are going to be talking about we've been reading cynical theories by uh, Helen Pluckers and James Lindsay and this is going to be a special one it's the first time we're going to have uh, the authors in book club discussion at, in some capacity they'll probably do some kind of Q and A so uh, you have until January twenty fourth. If you want to be in that, you can go to the book club page at unsafespace.com. It tells you how to be a part of it. But essentially, you just need to send us an email, um, speak at unsafespace.com, and let us know you want to be on camera in the discussion. Or you can just be in the live chat like today. Um, we are also yes. on, people were asking, so I'm just, Carter, I'm just going to keep going. We are also on all of the major uh, social media platforms, except Twitter. We got banned on Monday. Our unsafe space account was banned. I'm still there under my personal account. Carter's still there, but unsafe space was suspended and we have not yet received any communication from Twitter explaining why we were banned or yeah, what I we... Check. I will double check. Double check yep. and make sure. Still but nothing. Yeah, still, still nothing. nothing. Twitter. There we go. <laughs> they did give us a link to appeal on Monday and we did appeal and I just have a feeling that's going to sit there indefinitely that uh, they're just never going to get to it. So uh, we have been banned on Twitter. I happen to think personally, we're left to wonder why since uh, they haven't given us any reason. And I know we did not break the TOS, but I happen to think it might have something to do with Jason Christ in, in the chat who he runs our Twitter. And a couple days before the banning, he had a thread that went, really viral for us anyway, very viral and had a lot of retweets and comments. And he actually had, was growing our follower, follower account on Twitter on unsafe space during a purge, everybody was losing followers and he was net net positive, like gaining followers, which is kind of impressive. And I think maybe they didn't like that thread. It was about Antifa. Um, but who knows? Cause we haven't, they haven't, it was they great. haven't deigned and, and to tell us. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to throw him under the bus, too, because he was doing a great job, and I don't think he did anything. Nobody's throwing him he's under the bus. Careful. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, like, yeah. he's been very careful. He hasn't said things that, you know, we 
we think would have gotten us banned. He's just been kind of saying some factual stuff and supporting it. Uh, so who knows? Who knows? Well, we know why we were banned, but no, but we who don't. Knows why we were banned? But yes, we do. Yeah, yes, we do. I mean, well, <laughs> I think I think it was thing. that thread. Yeah, but oh, yeah, I do but wrong I mean, thing generally. on my personal account. No, but I do wrong thing on my personal account. What specifically made them upset about that? Our account there. Well, I think one it was that theory thread. is that Vosh, right? Why? One theory is uh, a lot of Vosh's followers sometimes will uh, turn into mobs and contact Twitter, and they were upset about that thread. I think, or some thread. Oh. Um. So it might have been that some lefty with an in at Twitter got people to complain and so they might have gotten complaints about us uh, oh. and they might just well i don't know that. anything about about that but i i do think it it had to do with the success of that thread um yeah okay yeah. so people have also asked about what alternative platforms are on you can find us here's a short list you can find us on miwi you can find us on, we used to be on Parler till the, the powers that be yanked Parler offline. You can find us on Gab. On Gab, we're unsafe. We're not unsafe space because somebody else has that. We're unsafe on Gab. Um, you can also find us on Locals. We just created very recently a Locals and we're going to start using that. We haven't really done much with it yet, but we're going to start using it. You can find us on Locals. Locals seems to be more of like, a, if you're looking for an insular community of unsafe space fans, that seems to be, it's not really a Twitter or a Facebook alternative. It seems to be sort of like creating your own little community somewhere. Um, so we do have a Locals now. We also have uh, a Telegram chat, which if you don't mind, thousands of comments has been unwieldy. There's a lot of people in there, but you can get in the Telegram with people. We have a knitting Telegram that... Um, uh, that we have a we have a couple different ones now, but you can get in the main unsafe space one. And then yep. we are also you can find our video content on BitChute and Library. And yes. and uh, soon we'll be on DLive. We're going to start trying to stream to Facebook as well, while Facebook has us. Um, and Daily Motion. We've got plans to start putting this elsewhere. Library so far is my favorite alternative because they're um, although they're a startup and so they don't have all the features that. YouTube would have their tech guys are pretty responsive. They're very helpful. Um, their interface is, is pretty nice. Someone said rumble. Yeah, we've played around with rumble a little bit. It's pretty horrible and clunky, but we'll probably try and shoehorn rumble in there eventually as well. Um, we're on minds as well. Someone said, yes, we are on minds.com. So you can go there. Uh, and if you're in the, if you're a supporter in any way, like, even at the one dollar level, you're you have access to our Discord server, so we do have a Discord server where people chat and do that kind of stuff. So, um, yes, yeah, we'll see about the Twitter ban. I don't know. So I don't want to um, be banned from Twitter, by the way. I'm not. I would like to be back on Twitter so we can reach people. But, but you you know we're in a brave new world now. So, uh, I there's a lot to talk about. There's so much. Wait, to wait. Talk before about. we start jumping in, can I try the new super chat feature on this? platform because we have a super chat i just want to yeah. i want to just read it so let's see if this works yay that works i like this i like this graphic better okay andrew joiner gives us five pounds and says just like to say hi and your chat with hotep was very er interesting thank you thank well, you very much that, <laughs> that was interesting that opinion has been sh you're not the only one with that uh opinion that it's er interesting chat and we have had requests to bring on some people with more historical 
depth. Uh, to then you mean than us? Counter than you and me. You mean than you and me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To perhaps counter some of the things that he said, because I I wasn't qualified really to argue with some of it. So, um, anyway, it was interesting, and we will try and have him back. He gave me a book to read. I'm going to read it, and we'll have him back also. So. All right. Sorry, I don't Karen. like this. Can I, I just say, I like no, this. since we're going here, no. I do not like the people who, I got a long email from someone that said, you and Carter are not experts enough to push back on the history that he was, you know, the things he was challenge, challenging about our record of history. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not an expert on everything, and I never will be, and that's impossible to be. And I enjoy talking to interesting people. And this place is called Unsafe Space. And do you know how many interviews we do with people who agree with us on almost everything? I am happy to talk to someone who pushes me and challenges me and tells me things I haven't heard before and then gives me a book I can go and read. So if I want to get more info and hopefully get to talk to them later, I can. I very much enjoyed that interview. And for those for that person in particular who uh, it wasn't just the fact that they they felt like we didn't push back enough. It was also the this uh, disgusting kind of like, you've disappointed me and let me down. You're not my father. <laughs> Don't talk to me like you're my dad. Okay. So I had a conversation with <laughs> I, that person. You know, and that and person, that you know per- what? Start your own podcast and do okay, it the way okay. you want Calm to. Calm down. I, I had a conversation <laughs> with that person. They are a good person. They rec- They were trying to help. They recognized that the way that they said it was not great. Um, but uh look i mean we we can we can have disagreements i i i agree with you we're not experts on everything we don't pretend to be experts on everything um and one of the one of the rules that i try and set forth is i don't like to push back hard on a guest or argue if i don't feel like i can because i feel like that's dishonest right if i had just like he hotep said some things that caught me off guard right yeah and my gut was like well that's not right but i didn't have the data accessible in my head to argued that it wasn't right. So I was just like, wow, that's weird. Do you have a book I can read? Because like anything else would have been some sort of dishonest pushback. So I, I don't mind pushing back on guests for things that I know about. Um, but when it's something I don't know about, uh, I'm not going to fake knowing. I'm going to, and Carrie won't do it either. We'll just be like, oh. I will not fake knowing. And if you want me to fake knowing, like, I mean, you're just not going to get it here. I'm not going to pretend to know things I don't know. And I'm also, uh, if I limited myself to interviewing people who, uh, on subjects and on things that, that only, that I only feel like I'm at expert level on, then I would never talk to anyone because I'm not an expert. So it's just not going to happen. That's not what this show's about. So anyway. I know you and I have kind of a different perspective on that particular person because I, I ended up ha- having a long, great conversation with him okay. and he understood and we had a, it turned into constructive conversation. And at the end, I said, you're totally welcome in the community. Don't feel ostracized. It's fine. Just because I got, yeah, I'm angry. And I told him I was annoyed as well. Right. Like we were yeah. honest, but, you know, he was annoyed. and I was like, well, we were annoyed. This is why we were annoyed, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we're not we're adults. This isn't like you annoyed me, therefore you're not welcome in the community anymore. Like this is, a, no one in the community agreed. No two people agree on anything in the community. Sometimes no. ten, like, you know, sometimes people are gonna get angry. Sometimes people are gonna say things in the wrong way. At the end of the day, the guy who you're talking about is trying to make the world a better place. He's generally on the same page. He's trying to help. He just, uh, let like me, just me put it this he's way. a little bit socially awkward. 
didn't do it the way okay. that probably would have been that like way. you know what i love when somebody says hey and, and this wasn't the only time we got a comment like this but i'll just when if somebody says hey this was incorrect in that and i don't care how bluntly they say it if they say this was incorrect that was wrong right. or this was flat out wrong read this here's why that was wrong here's the evidence why that was wrong you might want to talk to this other person great thank you for the yeah, suggestion perfect way to do it thank yeah. you for the more information what i don't want to hear is uh I'm so disappointed. I mean, I don't care. Take your disappointment and swivel on it. Like I don't, you're, <laughs> it's this, it's this moral, uh, you know, grandstanding. Like I'm supposed to wake up every day and not disappoint you. You're not my dad. Okay. I'm done. I, I, I get it. You went there. With the hotel. I did thing. not go there. Okay. I was taught because he was yeah. not the only person that said that. So I was actually thinking of someone else who gave me oh, okay. actual constructive feedback and some recommended historians to have on the show. I didn't Good. go there. You were there. Okay. Yeah. Well, but I know it activated you. And so and you know what? It was it's one of my favorite interviews we've done. I found it I thought he was fascinating. And I do intend to read the book, uh the book that he suggested. And I would it love to talk to him interview. again. Yeah, once yeah. I've gotten to read the book, I'd love to talk to him again. Um, yeah. All right, well, let's do some other super chats that yeah. while, and then we'll catch up. Tax Terras uh, gives us five bucks and says, <laughs> "Congratulations on getting banned from Twitter." Thank you, Tax Terra. I, I do felt like I feel like we should manufacture little purple hearts to give people that like uh, social media purple hearts, but I that might be a little bit pushing it because purple heart actually has a real meaning. Then I don't want to undermine it. So some sort of award people should get perhaps for. Uh, <laughs> For like, hey, you've been banned as a wrong thinker. Uh, Thank uh, you, Tax Terra. I'm just laughing because Renovadio in chat says, Carrie, I am your father. <laughs> I <don't know> <laughs> you guys can make fun of my butt-heartedness. Go ahead. It's fine. By the way, <laughs> that's the equivalent of when you texted me the pants emoji. Yes. <laughs> so that was, well played well played uh let's see i think uh, mandy says but you are experts on hats and grenade mugs carrie this is true um, maybe <laughs> i feel like you know i mean a lot of times in our our world people speak on things they're not experts on and or things they don't have knowledge on or if if they get called to be pe people who have some kind of public profile get called to be on a on a panel on a TV show, for example, or something. And, and, and it's not a subject that they don't really know a lot about, but they go anyway, because they want to be on TV and have the exposure. It's like, don't, don't, unless you have something to say, like, don't, I don't know. I just don't, I'm not down with it. And I can't pretend to th know things I don't know. Um, okay. And so, Shark says, hi, all great chat with comics division. Caught it after the fact, sadly. Well, it was a great chat. That was and also one of my favorite conversations recently. That was so much fun. It it was. And uh, I don't want to let too much spill, but you're going to see more of Comics Division soon. And I'll leave it at that until we decide exactly what we're going to tell people. Mundaniac. Um, Mundaniac says, I've never been a social media guy until Parler. Remember Parler? <laughs> it's disgusting <laughs> what big tech has done. Yeah. Yeah. Parler will go down the memory hole. Maybe they'll come back. I could be wrong. Uh, oh, that was the one we did with Mandy. Let's see. LP says, uh, LP says the podcast is doing its job. If you're getting hate mail, keep it going. <laughs> Fair. Fair. That's generally true. That's and that true. wasn't, to be clear, that person, you're right. It wasn't a hate mail. I just took issue with the, and maybe they don't 
they're so a bit socially awkward about how to word things, but the way it was worded. I was, am look. That's all. You normally have way more empathy than me, but I'm the guy who has put his foot in his mouth and said horrible, offensive things to people for forty something years. So when someone does that, I'm like, oh, I, I know you. <laughs> like, it's funny. I don't I'm actually mind. Sometimes. The weird thing is, I don't actually mind the hate mail. Uh, I do. I expect that, like from social justice people and stuff. And I. Like someone on my personal website, there's a little contact form and I got a bunch of, I didn't realize that lots of people had sent stuff through there. And I just was going through them recently because there were a bunch of messages just kind of queued in there. And like one out of, there were like maybe 50 of them. And one of the emails out of the 50, (laughs) he put in the, it's a contact form. So it has first and last name and then you submit your comment and it turns it into an email and sends it to me. And it was going into a folder. I didn't know I was getting them. One of them put in the contact form, his name was go F yourself, <laughs> but he used the word. That's all he wrote to me. And I don't mind that at all. I'm like, fine. You know, I expect that. That's part of just saying what you think about anything. You're going to get hate. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, Stevie LG says thoughts on Glint and other gold backed savings services. They specifically say they're not a bank. Um, I don't know Glint specifically. And before I mention anything uh, about it, and the Carrie can say what she wants, but I will say right up front, we're not financial advisors. Nothing we say can should be construed, blah, 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 blah. Like, don't go make investment decisions because we're not financial advisors. Uh, I don't like <laughs> – um, I don't – if you're going to buy gold, I view gold as uh, – Beverly and I talked about this the other day privately. If you're going to buy gold as a hedge against um, things like – Massive inflation, dollar collapse, <laughs> some version of the apocalypse or whatever your concerns are. If you're going to buy gold for those reasons, I think you need physical gold and you need possession of it. Because if the system collapses so bad, collapses so badly that gold is what becomes like the gold just soars through the roof. If gold becomes the medium of exchange again, or if there's some real reason why gold's just takes over and the dollar drops to to near zero or becomes uh you know like zimbabwe dollars then that i don't believe that there's a guarantee you'll actually get any physical gold from the companies that are claiming to let you invest in in physical gold so i don't like i don't like gold index funds gold people who hold gold for me gold blah 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 i don't if you want gold buy some gold put it in a safe keep some gold if I want to do something that's more investy around gold, I usually do. Um, it's just personally, I usually do mining stocks. I usually do like I'll invest in gold mines. You can invest in gold mines and mining stocks that aren't denominated in dollars. Even if they are denominated in dollars, it's not so bad. If things crash, presumably the demand for the precious metals continues. And while the rest of the stock market might die or they might die, the value of their assets is, uh, you know, they're holding gold right for you in, in some way. Um, and they can produce more and, and presumably the high, the price, at the high price, they're going to be massively profitable. So that's just me. I'm not a financial advisor, but that's me. And I don't know anything specifically about Glint or Goldback saving services. I'm not sure what those are. My Carrie, eyes. Do you have any thoughts on gold? Somebody in chat says Carrie's eyes are glazing over. The, yes, I, right. I, I didn't hear any of that, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> you're the worst. Uh, someone asks you, Carrie. Uh, actually, uh, 
Mephisto, Xerxes, Xerxes, or whatever we said last time, uh, is asking you, Carrie, can I get you a butthurt form to fill in from Twitter? If you, I can get you a butthurt form to fill in from Twitter if I you'd like. I saw that. I was actually laughing at that while you were talking. I think I need, look, I need a butthurt form for my own butthurtness today. <laughs> so, yes. It's fine. We are. <laughs> Blackbeard, who, by the way, is an OG. Blackbeard's one of the OGs on the channel. Blackbeard says, you don't have to be a historian to know when someone is speaking racist pseudo-history. That's true. And I did know that some of the stuff didn't make sense. So, for example, when he mentioned that um, that African cultures knew more about electricity and magnetism than we do, right? I read, you know, what came to my head immediately was there's no way in hell that they knew about Maxwell's equations. Like, there would be some evidence that, that you don't pass Maxwell's equations down through sitting by a, a campfire through oral history. You have volumes written and you build things and like you do something. So, and there, there'll be evidence of this, right? Um, so yeah, but I will admit, I was a little bit taken off guard because some of the stuff was just so out there. It was like, I didn't even know what to say to it. It was so uh, different from anything that I had heard, but well, I, I agree. Great. I will disagree. I love black beer, but um, yeah, I, I do have to know a little bit about history to be able to challenge something like that. It sounds wrong to me, but I don't trust my own knowledge enough. I went through, I left a cult of belief that discouraged me from learning. So I've only been reading about history for a couple of years now. <laughs> and I've only been reading about things that I used to think I knew everything about um, for a few years. And so when I hear somebody say, look, you've got this thing all wrong and here's why I want to go read what they have to say, because even if it sounds crazy to me, maybe I'm wrong and they're right. I don't know. And I've been wrong. I was wrong for 20 years in my cult of belief. So I'm not inclined just to be like, well, my elephant tells me this. Um, I do want to read so about I should it. Just listen. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's I think that's a healthy skepticism. I, I do. I do think. I felt a little bit of personal, I was admonishing myself after the interview a little uh -oh. bit, just because he, he led me down a path where at the beginning, I'm like, well, okay, so the Carthaginians might've been black. Okay, I don't know, maybe, sure, sounds reasonable, done, Hannibal, black, okay, who knows, fine. Um, then you can say things like, well, the Europeans undervalued African cultures and they thought that they were more backwards than they were. Oh, that's believable, sure, right, I don't know, I don't have evidence, but like, okay, like that's believable. And then he jumped to stuff like, you know, we knew, you know, the African cultures, the ancient African cultures knew more about electricity and magnetism. And it was like, uh, that, that caught me off guard so much that I kind of just didn't, I don't think we really continued the history conversation much after that. I was just like, whoa, I need to just stop because it's like, you just told me that the moon is made of green cheese and you have proof of it. It's like, I don't like, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't comport with anything that I know. I am an electrical engineer. So, uh, I do know a little bit about the complexity of electricity and magnetism, and I am 100% sure that that was a false claim. Um, and I probably should have pushed back, but I was just taken, I was taken aback by it. So, all right. Um, <clears throat> Comics Division, I know Carrie doesn't care. Comics Division, uh, old man voice. Oh, Pirate Tomsky is sending us a super chat saying, in the, in the Comics Division old man voice, which I don't think I can do. You want to do I it? remember this thing called parlor, oh, parlor once. Yeah, there you go. There okay, you go. Yeah. Carrie can do it. No, that was better. Um, okay, let's see. What else? Formerly Rod Line says, I think you guys are doing great, but I don't have a book <laughs> to back that up. <laughs> touche, touche. Not, 
Touche. I don't have anything to say about that. Okay, we can stop. I think. I think I made it through. Oh wait, no. Someone says, um, "Wait a minute." I think I missed a couple. Sorry, I missed a couple. Um, Rek Films Montana says, "Love your work." To your points of not being experts, I agree. So I've decided to do what I can with my short films to combat bad ideas. Excellent idea. Good. Um, and the captain's Good. log says, "How long before Duke becomes the Duke mora- mortally challenged of color?" <laughs> I don't know. Who? I don't. I don't know if he's referring to Duke University. The Duke mortally challenged of color. I don't know. I don't okay. Know oh, and one more. Two-way self-defense law says, around the turn of the century, I was a licensed commodity broker. I do not currently hold a license. In general, if you want to protect yourself from a collapse, possession of the item is key. Okay, well, there you go. Um, So, there's a lot to talk about today. And I would like to preface this by saying, I've been hearing from people that I call normies, I guess, people who are not very politically engaged and they haven't been, um, I don't know, they're not very tribal, left or right. They're not really plugged into the propaganda, you know, legacy media, but they also don't search out alternative media and they don't watch, you know, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. on YouTube. So they're just sort of um, not not engaged in the way that the powers that be want us to be, I guess. Um, and a lot of those people have started contacting me because they're noticing the world is in some sun. I, I would, what I would say is that it's, we we're in some sort of acceleration period right now. I don't know how long it's going to last, but things are ramping up really fast right now. And so those people have noticed that. And some of them have had uh, brushes with the social media purge that's happening. Like one of them, the friend of her father uh, had his, had his Facebook group pulled for veterans, you know, like mm-hmm. the, it's just like random normies who are getting touched by it. My church was touched by it. They have limited my church's ability to advertise at all on Facebook and they didn't tell them That's why. Surprising. They didn't say yeah. Why. Just like on, well, just like on Twitter, they don't, they don't feel like they need to give mm-hmm. you a reason. They've just indefinitely suspended my church's ability to, to promote their videos and stuff. And they, they just said, you, you don't, you violated the community standard It's vague. Just like with us, you violated the standards. Okay. Right. Well, what, right. how give us point to where, and, and right. they don't respond. So they did the um, same thing to Ron Paul, by the way, which is yeah. unconscionable. They, yeah, right. they, right. they took Ron Paul down. So they, uh, people are starting to notice this and I'm, I don't know about you guys, but, I'm, I guess, one of those people who, the friends in my life who know that I am engaged in some way, they're asking me what's going on. So I'm getting phone calls and texts and emails and stuff from people who want to know what's happening. Why is this happening? Do I have to prepare for some kind of civil war? Like what's going on and what's, you know, uh, trying to make sense of things. And in this time of uncertainty, what's happened is, So legacy media has been lying to us forever, (laughs) like forever. I mean, they sold us the Iraq war under George W. Bush. They, they just lie to us. They, Noam Chomsky. They sold us Potemkin villages in the 30s. Yeah. Noam Chomsky, who, oh yeah. Well, well go back to remember when the New York times was claiming that uh, people were not dying in, in 
Soviet right, Russia. Walter yeah. yeah, Walter Duranty and that, you know, it wasn't, and they got a Pulitzer Prize for lying about what was happening in the Soviet Union. I mean, the, the, the legacy media, as Noam Chomsky says, is designed to manufacture consent from the public. It is propaganda. And Noam Chomsky is on the left. He's as progressive as they come. And he's someone who talks about this. But, but this, is what, this is what they're doing. I will say, during this period of acceleration, they've really ramped it up to the point where when I'm yeah, looking they're, they're at- They're brazen now. <laughs> they are brazen. And um, I've been watching some uh, clips that people sent me from CNN. I've been reading- uh, pieces that are coming out in the legacy media and and uh, you know New York Times and and Washington Post and uh, Daily Beast and and stuff and and the level the level of just brazen lying is off the chain now and it makes people feel normal people are like am I going crazy there it's it's gaslighting it's the actual definition of gaslighting which social justice people misuse all the time like they use that word if you disagree with them they'll say stop gaslighting me it's like no nah, really i'm just this is what disagreement is like you just i know you're not used to talking to people who disagree that's this is disagreement but gaslighting actually means something um and it, and it means trying to make a person trying to convince a person that they're crazy and that they can't tr trust reality and that what's what's real is false and what's false is real. And that's what the media is doing to all of us right now. And so there are people, um, I think, just based on the kind of messages I'm getting from people who don't understand what's going on, are questioning their own sanity and, and saying, you know, is it me? Is it the media? Like what's... and. Um, it's, it's a very interesting time right now. <laughs> um, and it's almost like so overwhelming. I don't even know where to start. That's why when I was thinking about Kafefe today, Carter, I was thinking there's so much and there's so many examples because they've ramped it up and we're, we've accelerated. It's, it's almost, do we talk about this CNN clip? Do we talk about this article? I mean, there's just, there's just so much there's happening. A lot. There's a lot. Uh, and by the way, even I, I've been out of, I was never deep in the entertainment industry like you are, but I was in the music industry for a while, and I, you know, which is where I met you actually, or doing a little bit of stuff there. And um, even I, the other day, I got a text out of the blue from a dude that I like I haven't talked to in who knows how long. That was like, I just watched a recent episode of Unspa Unsafe Space. Can are you available to chat? Like, he like wants <laughs> yeah. to talk. And I'm like, it's like, like if I said his name, he would probably lose every job that he ever like. <laughs> he would he would lose all the gigs that he has, and like he would be banned forever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is, I think normie, he's what I would call someone who's, he's not even a normie. He's someone who's like kind of plugged into the left, the kind of liberal left leaning, you know, party culture of entertainment. I'm like, I don't consider that normie. Like he's not a, he's not raising 2.5 kids in, in Ohio with a, he's not a dentist. Like that's kind of a, a normie to me is like someone just, you know. With the job and going about their life thing. like this guy's a little bit more like immersed in the entertainment industry and has been his entire career uh and even he was like oh something's, something's going on here and the so death, there's wrong. a there's a video clip i don't i guess we don't have to play it but for an example there's a video clip from cnn with an exchange between don lemon and chris cuomo two of the dumbest propaganda mouthpieces I think 
in history. And, and they're, the two of them are sitting there uh, talking about how and saying that with a straight face saying that anyone who voted for Trump supports white supremacy. That's Did you our, send me that clip? No, but that's that's coming from our news. That's coming from our news. It, it, it's it's insane. That's insanity. And yep. and and then you hear it get filtered down to the people who are plugged into that matrix and who swallow it all that BS and just regurgitate it. And they're speaking it now, just like mindless drones. And I don't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you've and you've also seen. There's just. I don't know. I think the other thing that normie, so normies maybe don't generally pay attention to stuff, which is fine. I don't think you normally need to, but the COVID stuff, they kind of pay attention because it's bothering them. Like it, like they have got to wear a mask or they can't go out or they can't open their business. So I think a lot of people are realizing the double standards you saw, um, not only Cuomo, but I think was it, didn't also Gretchen or someone say something like, well, we have to balance COVID with the economy. We can't stay closed okay. forever. Blah blah blah. It's like this. This is where. What, where were you when Trump said that exact same thing? Yes. Okay. This is one of the biggest things I want to talk about today, Carter. Okay. This, if you will allow me. Okay. Rant away. Here's the uh, the timing. On, I sent you a Newsweek article. Let's pull that up. The timing on this. We're starting to see people who are part of the cathedral, um, whether they're uh, politicians who are on the left, like Cuomo. And these other governors, these other politicians who pushed for authoritarian measures like lockdowns and mask mandates are now all starting to question them. And they're, and at the same time, you're going to see the media do the same because they're part of the cathedral. The cathedral's going to, they're all going to start to question at the same time. They got their election. They got the person in they wanted. And now they're going to start to change the narrative. Yeah. By the way, and, you- uh, signals down today, this morning. Oh, I, reason, I texted so it to you on actual. I don't te- have text oh, on my crap. computer. So okay. put it in Discord and I okay. will find it in Discord. Um, um, so, but they're going to start to change the narrative and they're going to start to s- pretend like we've just discovered that lockdowns may not be working and they're going to try, they're going to ease things back. But first, first, I think, I still think like I predicted this earlier, and I still think they're going to do something federal first. They have to have Biden do something that's like a federal authoritarian measure, whether it's a lockdown or a mask mandate. They have to do that first so then they can claim because they need to be able to say he did this thing that Trump couldn't do. They have to build that into the narrative, in my opinion. I, But no, I totally have been agreeing with that opinion. And like I, Until, I stated that as well. I'm starting to question my own judgment on that because I'm starting to wonder if they're so brazen and they think they've won so much at this point that they don't even bother. They might not even bother, bother to have to, to do have that. something to point to to justify it. Be like, oh, the mere existence of Biden's election made COVID go. <laughs> like, like, I mean, that I they are. Yeah. They're that brazen that I'm like, I used to think, well, they're going to make him do something and then they're going to point to that thing. Now I'm not sure. Now I think they just might be like, COVID? What COVID? Never heard of that. Yeah. Moving on. It's, it's gone now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Biden's in there. It's gone now. We can stop all this stuff we've been doing to you for a year right. that we have been doing to you guys. We can stop it now. Um, right. Okay. I'm putting it in the general on Discord. Here you go. Um, okay, so Discord. as part of that, as part of that, I just sent you a Newsweek article. There's a new study out. Stan- there's a new study out of Stanford, international study. 
where they looked at lockdown oh, country. I'm they just looking at the title. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, pull it up. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Okay. So they Let's looked see. at they looked at countries with with these authoritarian lockdowns, government enforced lockdowns, and they looked at countries without them. And this new study says, this is the headline on Newsweek, okay? I'm reading something from the cathedral, guys. I'm reading you something from legacy media so they can't they can't commit genetic fallacy and say, oh, it's from a right-wing site. Um, COVID lockdowns have no clear benefit versus other voluntary measures, international study shows. I'm sorry. I can only laugh because otherwise I would go, I would rampage. I don't know. I'm rampaging today. Uh, Let's rampage because I'm. I, I came into uh, this like I don't know how I'm going to hold back my ire. <laughs> well, by I, the way, by the way, I'm going to show you something here while we're here. Yeah, you know that it's the one year anniversary of when the WHO uh, said there's no clear evidence of human to human transition transmission. That oh, was yeah. a year ago. <laughs> so yeah, that's when they were first pretending that Trump was a racist for talking about coronavirus and for banning travel from China. Remember that? They used yep. that. They put that out. That was their first tactic was to attack Trump and anybody back in January who was talking about COVID like you, Carter. They called them all right-wing conspiracy theorists. They put out, the whole cathedral put out article after article after article. You can still find these articles with the headlines that were like, look, COVID's not not even as bad as the flu, guys. Uh, you know, they're like, go to Chinatown, go to the parades. Nancy Pelosi's like, come on down to the parades, guys. Make Trump is a racist. Yeah, Trump's a racist right. for even talking about this virus. <laughs> who was it? Was it Cuomo or De Blasio? It was de Blasio in New York who said, go out, see a movie, New Yorkers. Don't do anything differently. Fauci was like, don't wear a mask. There's no reason for Americans to change what they're doing personally, voluntarily. There's no reason for them to change what they're doing voluntarily. And so then what happens? Then then they realize, well, COVID's a little worse than we thought. We are. They ch changed tactics. They went from criticizing Trump for doing too much to then saying he's not doing enough. And and by the way, you guys aren't doing enough voluntarily because we told you not to. So now we have to enforce government control over what you can do. And we have to tell you, you can't go to work and you have to shut your small business down and lose it. Do you know how many small businesses have closed during this year? We, you're going to lose, lose it, possibly lose it. And that happened. That became a reality for a lot of people. We're going to tell you, you can't provide for your family and we're going to shame you. And if you oppose this authoritarianism and you oppose government, the government telling you, thinking the government has a right to tell you that you can't work. If you oppose that, we're going to say you're selfish. We're going to say you don't trust science. And and we're going to say kill that, that you want to kill people and that you don't care about people. And meanwhile, this is why I'm on the rant today, because meanwhile, there were those of us back then, but those of us in March, almost a year ago now, who were saying, I don't have a problem with people per choosing personally, personal responsibility, choosing whether or not they go outside, whether or not they go to work, whether or not they open their business, fine. Whether or not they wear a mask, fine. But I'm against the government doing that because that is authoritarianism. I'm against the government telling people they can't make a living and provide for their families and, and for their future and pay their mortgage and pay their rent. I'm against that. And we were told we were awful people. Well, look at this study that just came out. It's from Stanford, guys. It's in Newsweek, guys. So here's what pisses me off. They hold us to a different standard than they than they had. And this is true. This is what radicals do. It's, it's uh, Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals. They hold you to a different standard than they abide by. 
They called us awful people when we dared to suggest that maybe, maybe we're going to make all of this worse, all of COVID worse by ruining the economy, which ruins people's lives by increasing the suicide rate, by increasing domestic violence, increasing addiction rates, you know, increasing homelessness, all these things we're going to contribute to putting small businesses out of business and funneling that this wealth transfer to all, all these major corporations. And then by the way, taking our tax money to bail the corporations out when they don't, most of them have COVID has been great for Amazon. You know, COVID has been great for a lot of them, but we still need to bail out the others. We need to bail out the airlines, right? With our money after they've told us we can't go to work for a year. Those people who supported this, and it was a lot of people and I got, I, and, and some of them still do those people. Um, in my opinion, I got in trouble for saying this earlier, but I don't care. It's what I think. And I'm going to say what I think you are sheep. You are sheep. You you are, you said, no, that's all I said. And people got upset, but but you are sheep. You are the sheep and animal farm. And I can guarantee you, you haven't read it or you haven't read it in a long time. It's a short book. Pick it up one day. You are the sheep and animal farm who get taken out behind the barn and taught a new mantra by Squealer the pig. And you go out and repeat it, you know, wear a mask, save lives, you know, stay home, save lives. You call us names. You pretend to have the moral and intellectual high ground. Some of you are the dumbest people I've ever met in my life, but you think you're smart. Being dumb wouldn't be a problem, except that you have arrogance with it. And you, you, you have the gall to lecture us. And to pretend like you're smarter than us and you're more moral than us. And then when we turn around and say, guess what? You don't look at science. You never looked at science. You're not going to look at this article either. You are not the people who support science. You treat science like a religion. You don't believe in science. You also pretend to be the people that care about people. You support authoritarianism because you care about people. No, you don't. You don't care about people. <laughs> you don't. And, and, and you... I'm sorry. I just, I'm just a bit, I'm just a bit, you have the gall to, when we point that out, when we say you guys, the same people, the same sheep who, you know, you're the 75% of people in those ash conformity experiments. You're those 75% of people who will lie and will deny reality and who will deny what's actually happening around you. As long as your social circles doing it, because you're such a weak person. You're weak mentally. You're weak morally. You're weak in character. You have to go with the crowd. You have to virtue signal and show people that you're so smart and moral and you're going along with what everyone else is doing. You're those 75% of people who conform. I know exactly who you would have been in Nazi Germany. You would have been the good Germans and you have the gall to call us Nazis for saying, hey, you should be able to do what you want and I should be able to do what I want. You call us Nazis for being opposed to authoritarianism. You are the Nazis. You're disgusting. And when we point that out today, like when I pointed that out, I'm getting people saying, I don't think it's nice to call them sheep. And I don't think because you're holding me to a different standard than you hold them to. Sheep is very mild, as you said, Carter. It's very mild, but it's the truth. And there are times at which there are times at which it's important to use nuance and to try to have conversations with people. And as you know, I do not often that I can think of. I can't even think of five times that I've called people names in one-on-one conversations. I don't believe in name calling it ends a discussion, but when I'm talking about in general, you people who supported authoritarianism and who shoved it down our throats and told us we were murderers because we didn't, you disgusting people, you are sheep. 
there are times at which being blunt like that is more important to me than being precious with my language because those sheep, you sheep, you're not going to listen to me anyway. So you need to be morally, ca- you, you, somebody needs to hold you to account. Somebody needs to shame you and say, look at what you did to this country. You're willing to let us destroy our country and to destroy your neighbor and to destroy your common man. Why? Because you're a weak person. That's what I think about this article. And that's what I think about you people have been shoving this on us for a year. And I'm, I, anyway, thank you. That's the end of my, thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> Sorry. No, I mean, I, look, I, I agree with you. I'm, there's nothing I can add to that. I will say that, uh, you know, that it does bother me. The, the quote worship, they don't worship science either. They worship scientists, and they, yes. and specifically, they worship experts who claim the name of science. None of these people have actually looked at any of the science. If you looked at the science, you would recognize that there is no black and white, like this does nothing or this does everything or you must do that or blah. But first of all, science never dictates public policy because there's ethics involved. And second of all, um, science doesn't. There's no like science isn't like a book that you just the science says science wrote on the wall that people need to wear masks when they go hiking like that's not like that's that doesn't happen so none of these people none of these people they don't believe in science either um but i one of them one of them told uh one of someone that i know in real life she told a mutual friend recently she said um we have to wear masks that's what good people do Right. Well, I was going to say, so that's, here's the thing. This is why I said at the very beginning, sheep is pretty mild uh, because I immediately was thinking of the people in the guys in ordinary men that were, you know, shooting Jews because they were told to, because that was the right thing to do. That's who these people are. All they're doing is there's a level of indirection. They're not doing it themselves necessarily. They're just supporting the authoritarians who are, are shutting down businesses and killing people. It's it's an indirect form of this. Indirectly. And meanwhile, The worst part of it, the reason why I'm so angry about it is they're patting themselves on the, I'm a good person because I'm so stupid and gullible and I allow the propaganda machine to manipulate my fear and my selfishness. You guys are truly selfish is what you are and self-centered and like you care about what your social circle is doing. What? This might be too cynical for you, but this is a, I believe again, uh, I, as we said earlier, I'm not an expert in history, although I have read more recent history certainly i know nothing about ancient history but you know i've, I've read about the russian revolution and the chinese revolution and or and um american revolution like you know, I, i'm familiar with more recent history to some extent there how ha- most of the population is always like this it's yes all, that's they're always <laughs> yes. like this you're not they're not going to, you're not going to argue them or yell at them into using their own judgment to notice that the line is longer than the other lines or this line's shorter they are they're most of the population is are, are conformists they will look around the table see what people are saying about the lines that they're given and and they'll pair conform. It back uh right pair it back whatever's been said they will conform and they are easy to gin up to do it's easy to gin them up to do that in the name of righteousness so wh- whether it's um pull pot getting people to execute everyone with glasses because they must be smart and we don't want smart people or they must be educated and educators are, the, are a problem 
or or whether it's Karens reporting on people for having New Year's Eve parties or screaming at people for not wearing masks. It's the exact same psychology. And that psychology for the large percentage of the population isn't going to change. And I don't want to sound yeah. defeatist, but well, that's the, the reality is we need to have a society in which those people do not have. This is why democracy fundamentally sucks. You don't want a society that's driven by the, those masses because those masses are very easily manipulated by charismatic leaders and ideologues who can get can gin them up to push them in one direction or another. Yeah. Well, I will say just as an add on to what you're saying about history, you know, as I said earlier, when we were talking about Hotep, never. I've only really been interested in and reading about history for the four years or so since I left the social justice cult. And I've started with and have been focusing on history of like what you're talking about, reading about the Soviet Union, uh, reading about Nazi Germany and trying to understand uh, what it is that that makes humanity so susceptible to getting pulled into this kind of collective evil where we, we go along with. Why do so many people go along with authoritarianism, whether that authoritarianism is communist or fascist, you know, but it's author it's totalitarianism. It's, it's government control of people. Why do you get, why do so many people go along with that? And, and that's the part of history I've been focusing on. I haven't been focusing on the stuff Hotep was talking about that. I need to go back ancient further, right? Is ancient totally history is a totally different ball game. But but it doesn't take long when you I found when I start when you start reading about that stuff. That's why I know a lot of these people haven't read any history because it doesn't take long when you start looking at that these these different horrific things that humanity has allowed to happen and even participated in. It doesn't take long to start to understand that that a lot of it depends on you being manipulated by fear and by by the belief the belief that you're a good person. These people think they're good people. That's what my the friend of the friend said. We have to wear a mask. That's what good people do. You are not a good person. You go along with whatever you're manipulated. They pull your string and you go along like a little sheep. Uh, you don't give right. any thought to what you're doing. You probably can't even define what individualism is versus collectivism. You don't know what authoritarianism is. You use words like fascist. And if, if you were put on the spot and asked to define it, you couldn't. You know, you're not a deep thinker. You are a lemming. You are in those, like, I know I mentioned it before, but it, if you look at the ash conformity experiments, only 25% of people didn't conform. You are one of those 75%, you know? Right. We must wear a movement. We must not open our businesses. That's what good people right. do. And, and It's you know, robotic. That, it's robotic. It, it is. I don't know that telling them that it's robotic will change them. No, but, but they need know, to the be shamed. Sure. Um, and, and, and again, this is an argument against universal suffrage, right? This is an argument of against, uh, uh, well, it's again, it's an argument against democracy. It's an argument against letting those sheep, uh, have absolute power mm -hmm. over law because when they have absolute power, um, there is nothing preventing the manipulation that it is easy, not easy, but it's totally possible to manipulate those sheep into doing whatever you want. And if they've got, absolute power, that's how you end up with leaders uh, whose name I won't mention after the Weimar Republic in Germany. And that's how you end up with Stalin. And that's how you end up with Mao. And that's how you end up with uh, a lot of these horrible leaders. It's because you've got people that can be um, 
manipulated and and they've got control. Maybe maybe Mao's a bad example because there was no democracy there and and um, and even Stalin. But the first one is a, is a prime example, right? So that's how you get that stuff. And when I think about it, you know, if we're thinking about humanity generally, I think one of the problems and you know Charles Murray when we had Charles Murray on, he talked about. Um, cognitive repertoire and personality being um, largely genetic. And he he had very specific technical definitions for, for some of this stuff. So I don't want to paraphrase because I'll, I'll get it wrong and end up saying something that's not correct and people jump on me. But um, there is an issue. One of the issues that I see is um, if, if a lot of these attitudes are even partially genetic, maybe not all, but if they're partially genetic, well... Are we, is there pressure to produce a population of more and with more and more sheep-like characteristics? Or is there pressure to produce a population with fewer and fewer sheep-like characteristics? And I think if you look at the society that we're in, the pressure is that the, the, the breeders are sheep, <laughs> largely. Like, not all of them, but, um, you know... If humanity is going to be saved, we need to do something whereby we minimize the number of sheep that end up in a population. And I don't know how to do that um, other than through making judicious choices in marrying. Um, <laughs> kids, I don't like, know she's a that, good spouse. I don't know. I haven't read any. I don't know. I don't have any stats to back this up. But my gut reaction to what you're saying is it doesn't matter if you're raised by sheep. I really don't think, I think, I think it just, it's a matter of um, personal um, evolution and transformation. Well, I'm not there, saying it matters if you're raised yeah. by, I'm saying if you're genetically related to sheep, it does matter. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I the guess. evidence is. Oh, okay. That's Well, cause that's, that's what, that's what in human diversity, right? In Charles Murray's book, that's, that's what we've started to learn is that a lot of personality is really baked in genetically, which is scary. Um, and so the question is, how's the human race going to end up? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I do know that <laughs> I do know that it's a problem and I know, and it's one of the reasons that, you know, I think the founding fathers were aware of this clearly. It's one of the reasons they wanted a constitutional Republic. It's one of the reasons they tried to put a fence around the sheep and say, okay, well they can vote and they can do some stuff, but there are these cages like they, you know, they can't, there's rules they can't they can't infringe on the freedom of speech and they they can't infringe on the second amendment and like we we have some rules so the sheep are allowed to do some stuff but you know they, there's, but gosh, there's some rules gosh do they want to infringe they love of infringing they, do. they don't understand even what rights are they don't even understand they see right. stuff like uh it's not your right to get me sick yeah actually it is <laughs> like if you're somewhere and you if you come to a Chili's restaurant and you sit in a booth next to me and I happen to be sick and you catch a cold from me, guess whose fault that is? That's your fault. That's your fault for coming to Chili's restaurant and sitting next to me. I don't think you understand what rights are. It's not your right to tell me I have to, I can't leave my house <laughs> because you're afraid that I might have a cold. Right. Actually, honestly, in that scenario, it's Chili's right to decide who can come in. And beyond that, you're responsible right. for Well. At the, the public park, let's say at the look, you come and sit next to me at the public park, and then you catch a cold from me. That's your fault. I'm not, These people I'm are not adults too. Public park. 
I'm, okay. I'm trolling you. I'm trolling you. Uh, I know. Let me read Are a couple super chats because we have some big ones. We have a, we have a $300 oh super gosh. chat from Michael Ray who says – ever had one of those wow i don't think so no um and michael ray says hotep's claims regarding history are based on the premise that consciousness goes through cycles he's putting consciousness in quotes by the way consciousness goes through cycles similar to the hindu yugas it challenges the assumption that ancient cultures were primitive unintelligent and unsophisticated the mathematical precision involved with the Egyptian pyramids is a great example. So, Michael, I agree with you. I'm trying to look for your your chat on this other computer so I can stick it on screen. But um, I agree with you, and which is why I was open to some of what he was talking about, because clearly the ancient uh, Egyptians must have had some um, detailed knowledge of math. I don't think the ancient pyramids uh, – I think, I think it's hyperbole. I think you're going uh, a few steps too far if you – start arguing about electricity and magnetism but if you argue that they had a good understanding of, of math and some engineering i think that's the evidence is sitting there in egypt so i think that's clear hotep though um was i don't know if you saw the um saw the show we did with him but he was pretty dismissive of egypt and really wanted to talk about other parts of africa and i i don't i don't really know the evidence for other parts of africa but it's you know Good point regardless. Um, let's see. $100 from John Martin who says, you guys have the best rants. <laughs> Carrie has great rants. This is why I love you guys <laughs> and I find you so important and re relevant. Well, yeah. thank you for listening to that even though I was tripping over my words. I'm, I, I, had, I just no, knew this morning. I was so, and I, I feel a little better. It's a little cathartic having gotten that off my chest. But um, yeah, that, new, that Stanford study just really set me off because... Again, for for a year almost, they they hold us to these different standards that they don't hold themselves to. We've gotten used to and just have to let it roll off our back. I let it roll off my back every time they call us names. You guys want people to die. They say awful things about us. You're immoral. You know, you're stupid. You're anti-science. All these things they say. And then when a study comes out showing, hey, uh, guess what? Uh, we were right all along. You guys made everything worse, much worse than it had to be. We're going to be feeling the effects for this for decades, for generations, because you guys decided to destroy our country and your neighbor. And we were saying no. And now, and now we call you a word like sheep and you're, oh, clutching your pearls after you've called us every name in the book and impugned our moral character. You're hypocrites, you're frauds. I, I, I'm not even going to talk about it again because I'll get into another rant. I'm sorry. I'm you know, I saw I say someone. This isn't a super chat, but someone in chat mentioned repressive tolerance, which is Marcuse's yeah. essay. And um, you know, I, as much as we we can hate the postmodernists and the critical theorists and, and whatever or their ideas, I mean, um, and as bad as repressive tolerance is as an essay in many ways, I think it's it's odd because he was he was right about something, which is he was right that there does. There is sort of this. Um, there is sort of this intrinsic bias. I'm trying to not use his words, but there, there's there's there is sort of this kind of intrinsic narrative. We'll say this intrinsic bias that happens in a society where the that that supports the current 
that supports the status quo. The status quo is kind of the kind of the default. And what he was wrong about is the status quo is um, <laughs> it's actually the leftists who are in charge of that <laughs> narrative often. So like the, the concerns he had about uh, not being able to speak against capitalism were completely wrong, right? It, it was actually you, you can't speak <laughs> against Marxism, right? I, I mean, you can, but his characterization of what it would be uh, was was different, but there is some there is some validity to the idea that uh, there is some validity to the idea that uh, there is a kind of meta narrative happening, and every conversation that happens in a society is kind of premised on this. Um, at least at the mainstream level, it's very and that and that people that try and go against it are marginalized and. Yeah. I don't. There's not not a better example than to see what's happening right now on on big tech. So um, we should you know read the, this the, the COVID narrative was all about. It was all about the policy they wanted, and then pull in the experts, quote experts or scientific data that would support the arguments for the policy, and ignore and marginalize. Any, any counter evidence or any data that would suggest that actually maybe that isn't the right direction. And Stanford has been coming out with stuff, counter-narrative stuff, not everyone at Stanford, but there have been a few researchers at Stanford coming out with counter-narrative uh, COVID research since a year ago. Since a year um, ago. And those people don't, the sheep don't know this. When all year we've been trying to tell them you can't just look at scientists who agree with you and the studies that agree with you. You have to look at all the studies. And I'm well acquainted with the ones that you guys are looking at because they're being shoved down our throats. Let's look at these other studies. And when you've given them, when I, in my experience, when you give them these links, they won't read them. They won't yeah. read them. They only read sci scientific studies that support their pre-existing condition. They don't read anything that disagrees with them. Right. Um, and they don't, they don't read any of the science anyway. They don't um, read it anyway. You're right. They just repeat what the TV people... Ryan uh, Purucker, uh says, my first red pill was watching someone trade a gold coin for an RV. Learning the fraud the financial system led to questions and eventually to the realization that most of what I'd been told my entire life was, was a lie. lie. Yeah. You know, that's something that the radical left and some of the people on the right can agree on. Yeah. Is, um, and, and actually is probably the biggest threat to the state is having those two sides sit down and talk about how the financial industry is in bed with the government and how the monetary policy affects regular people um, in favor of oligarchs. And both sides could agree on that if they were allowed to have that discussion. If CNN had people from both, quote, both sides politically on to talk about that kind of stuff, hmm, there might be a danger to the establishment so they don't, that's, they, that will never happen. They have to keep this right-left ridiculous polarization thing going. And look, someone who got upset about what I was saying about the sheep, the 75% of people who conform, who, who went along with authoritarianism, somebody who got upset was like, uh, I can't remember. She was saying something about you were insulting uh, sheep. And they oh, sheep she said, you just left one cult, culty tribe for another. Okay. And I don't have to know a that's lot about her. Argument. No, it's not an argument. And, and, but I don't have to know a lot about her to know that, um, 
well, first, I don't know which culty tribe she thinks I'm in, but she's wrong, whichever one it is. Uh, she And I said, you probably think you're a person who thinks in terms of right and left. like, And you probably believe probably. that opposition to authoritarianism, that opposition to lockdowns and mass mandates is a left-right thing. The media tried to make it a left-right thing. And a lot of people in either of those left-right artificial tribes flocked to wherever their tribe was going. But organically it's it's not a left right thing at all it's do you support authoritarianism or do you not and there are conservative family members of mine who supported the authoritarian lockdowns there are also very progressive lefty hippie friends of mine who oppose the lockdowns because those people are are organically responding they're not being influenced by the media and then just flocking at the very least those people like my 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 conservative family members who who supported some of them who supported the lockdowns um at least in that case it's like you know she's not getting her info she's not being told what to think by the news she's just organically choosing because she supports authoritarianism <laughs> but in certain and i understand i understand why you know she's um in an at-risk group and uh, has a lot of fear. They've used her fear to scare her. That's how they get you to support shit like this. Stuff like this. Sorry. Um, Marie. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I sent you another article. You don't have to pull it right now, but at some point it's on Discord. Just so you know, this is a Fauci article since we're talking about all this. And okay. it's, it's not recent. And it's from the end of October, but the information in it is recent and relevant again. Um, this is, it's an article about, do you want me to go ahead and talk about it? Uh, well, I can try or, and pull it up if you want. Can, can we do a few super chats first? Yeah. Cause I want to catch up. Yeah, I'm sure. Way behind. Sure. Um, TPS, uh, says I'm behind award equals mini banhammer. Oh, the award for Twitter, a mini banhammer. That's not a bad idea. Uh, um, thank you. I'll fight you naked says joining late. <laughs> Just want to say hi. I can verify 70% of the historical info Hotep was claiming. I've done the reading. African tribes being peaceful, though. And I don't know if there's more to that, but maybe maybe is Thank a you. not. Thank I'm you not for sure. the, <laughs> what the super what chat. That is. Um, Thank you, sir. See. I like your screen name. One of my <laughs> friends was like, Austin is so Austin is such a lockdown, mass cold, culty place. It, she was telling me. You know, she's like, I feel like, I, and I don't go down there a lot right now. I pretty much stay where I'm at outside of Austin. But uh, she said, you know, I feel like I could go into a, the grocery store completely naked as long as I was wearing a mask. Nobody cares. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, let's see. Tatiana just says hi. She's here, but she's late. Hi, Tatiana. And again... I'm losing super chats. I don't know how to keep all these super chats. I know I lost some super chats, and I apologize. They just they come fast, and the queue here does not keep enough of them around. So uh, that's as far as I can scroll. Oh, I'm so, sorry, guys. Um, that yeah. was me me ranting. We're we're dealing with today. We're doing news for anyone who was late. We're doing new. We're trying out Streamyard today instead of Skype. So. It's a little bit new. Streamyard is, is. I think it's better on the audio delay stuff. So, um, so that's good. But yeah. I don't know if it's. Uh, it's you know, actually the the chats on Streamyard, 
Uh, actually, I can probably find them because StreamYard is up, or not StreamYard. Uh, Streamlabs is up and running. So ha let's see. Uh, Somebody oh, no, said I'm, it's not I'm, showing. I'm legalized adulthood said I'm panting from all the ranting. I was panting okay, earlier. I'll, I'll pull up this quarter. My face gets flushed when I get, I don't know about you guys, my face is all flushed from the getting so riled up. <laughs> Your face gets flushed. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Let's, let's pull the article up that you, that you Okay. Wrote. So this is an article from October, but I just wanted, again, if you connect all these dots, right? This is an article where Fauci says that the coronavirus vaccines won't actually stop you from getting COVID-19, but that's okay. The actual headline goes, Dr. Fauci says early coronavirus vaccines won't stop COVID-19 infections, but that's okay. <laughs> and if you scroll down and read the article, he's basically saying that um, we cannot expect the vaccines to uh, prevent COVID infections, but that they will uh, limit the severity of the symptoms. And this became relevant for me recently because I have a family member who got one of the early vaccines. She was in the early trials uh, and she just got diagnosed with COVID. <laughs> I, I, I'm not laughing that she got COVID. I'm laughing that the vaccines are not effective at preventing it. Uh, her symptoms are mild. And mm -hmm. so maybe it is working in that way that it says it will keep your symptoms mild. But um, I don't know if people commonly are aware of this, that it's not going to keep you from getting it, that they're telling you it's not going to keep you from getting it. And then there's another article from Fauci recently where he was saying, um, this one is more recent, where he says that we don't know how long the vaccines will work. And he says, hopefully they'll work, hopefully they'll work for a year, but then we, you might well, have to get back. You know, cause they'll be, they'll be mutations like anything else. Yeah. Right? And he even says that he's preparing us for that. And then you combine that, you combine, and he says in that article that um, we're not going back to life as normal. Like we're not going to return to life as normal. That's a choice. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then there's another one. This is just the interesting stuff with the Fauci stuff. Here's, here's, let me read this quote. Um. <clears throat> The pandemic is here to stay, according to creatures of the establishment. That's that's from a, the article about him saying that that we don't know how long the vaccines will last. And he was basically yeah. saying, sort of like preparing us for this perpetual, um, hysterical pandemic world where we're constantly uh, being triggered by and being uh, gaslighted by the media and and being told there's a new reason, there's a new reason why you need to stay home, or there's a new reason why you need to shut down your business, or there's a new reason why you need to get a new vaccine. There's a new, you know, threat. And they've also simultaneously been saying, I know you've seen this, Carter. They've been saying now that um, these measures that we we've, we've taken with COVID, that we've allowed the government to take towards us, these measures we've allowed, these authoritarian measures, they're starting to say we might need to use these in the future for other types of, of public health crises. Of course. And for other public health crises that we don't even know what they might be yet. Well, then simultaneously you see articles coming out where they're preparing us for thinking of climate change as a public health crisis. 
and they're preparing well, us hey, to if think racism is a public health crisis, yeah so is climate change yeah right? they've said racism is a public health crisis so I think anybody who thinks that this is going to be over, one of those articles with Fauci talking about this stuff, he said, uh, we shouldn't expect to return to normal until uh, 20, the fall of 2021. I think, I think you're naive. This is like when they told us two weeks to flatten the curve. If you think that after the fall of 2021, they're going to stop doing this, they're going to just, what, give up this new kind of, this new way of controlling us that they've honed and that they've, proven works. I mean, we did comply. Are they just going to stop using that when they want to use it? No. Obviously <laughs> like, not. No. I mean, this is, uh, we've said this a million times. We've said it since the very beginning. It's not about the virus. It's not about any particular health threat. It's about controlling you. It's about restructuring society. If you want to think of these people as just little uh, <laughs> busy bodies, authoritarian with with like authoritarian fetishes who are finally getting off fetishes. on being able to tell people what to do that's what it is that's what this is these are your leaders quote your leaders and the bureaucracy that you've put in charge through your voting for the past several decades these people view you as farm animals <laughs> they know you're sheep they view you as farm animals. Yeah. They're running a tax farm. They don't like all this freedom and kind of messiness. They don't like that things aren't planned and they can't predict things and they don't have control over stuff. And so they want to structure things whereby they tell you what to do about everything all the time. That's what they want. They want to control you. That's how authoritarians work. And they're looking at China and they're drooling with envy over the social credit system in China. And so... <laughs> They're like, how do we get that here? That's what I want. Can we get rid of the First Amendment and Second Amendment? Hey, Facebook, Twitter, can you help us out? Can you ban some people, Susan? Ban some people from YouTube. They, this is, all this is, is they're exploiting something that has happened. They're exploiting it. To further an agenda that they've always wanted, an agenda that they've always hoped for, and now that they can get away with it, I guess the sheep have become compliant enough and they can get away with it. And I don't see an end to this ever at all for anything. They've There'll always no wanted it. They're using it for- There's always go some disease. There's always some risk. Yeah. Go to the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. They have a page. They have a website for the Great Reset. They'll tell you everything mm -hmm. they want to do. They'll tell you. They tell you right out in the open. Did you see, speaking of social credit score, did you see the IMF? The IMF said that they mm -hmm. want to start um, uh, being able to use people's search engine histories to de to determine as part of the calculation of their credit score. Yeah, well, that's what a social credit <laughs> score is. China, I mean, China has done other authoritarians, and I put basically every government in this category. Other authoritarians are seriously looking at China as a, a template. China's built a template. They've built a model. Um, and absolutely, they'll look at your browser history. They'll look at you where you've been. They'll track you on your phone. They'll pay attention to what sites you visited, who you've talked to, what you've said. They'll search for your keywords. We already know the NSA listens to everything and stores it all in a data facility in Utah. Snowden blew the lid on this, and no one seemed to care. It was in the newspaper for a few weeks, and then, yeah, yeah. Have you remembered it? No. Have you? Has anything <laughs> happened? No. No. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed at no. all. It's still happening. Nothing's no. changed. Because the sheep. Go, go eat your grass, sheep. Go sheep, um, get your Netflix sheep. That's what they're yeah. like. As long as you got your Netflix, Netflix sheep. Hey, now there's Disney Plus. How about that? <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, 
that's that's how it works. All right, hey, and so sheep, hey, sheep, we're gonna legalize pot for you, sheep. <laughs> Not that it shouldn't be legalized. Yeah, actually, I'm just another, saying yeah, totally. it should, but yeah. but you know, people, as long as people have their bread and circuses, they're like, oh, I'm gonna go back to sleep now. <laughs> that's right. Someone says, "Eat your soy." Yeah, worse than that, it's eat your bugs. Hey, we now mealworms are better than beef, aren't they? Mm, mealworms. Why don't you? Yo. Soon it'll be soylent green, right? That'll be the soylent that'll green. be the food that they'll be pushing. The, the uh, what was it? We were talking about this with comics division, but one of the one of the propaganda posters on the World Economic Forum's Great Reset page is a picture of a guy who's smiling, and it's like, in the future, you'll own nothing, you'll have nothing, and you'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> they that, the last just... part sounds like an order and you'll yeah. be happy you'll, they should have put and you'll be eating bugs <laughs> like and you're going to love yeah. it and don't worry we've already prepared you we've already done the cathedral's put out a lot of articles about eating bugs the past year like, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be happy we'll get some celebrities to to sing songs about how great bug eating is you'll, <laughs> you'll Carter you'll I have to say first of all thank you for being a friend it's not just a Golden Girls quote. It is true. Thank you for being a friend. I and wish also... it were a Golden Girls quote. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, I was thinking back to at the beginning of the lockdown measures when you told me, you said, once once you give authoritarians power or any type of like, you know, governing body, you grant them more power over your lives. They're not going to relinquish that easily. I didn't believe you at the time. I opposed the lockdowns too, but I thought there's no way that they can extend this or will extend this beyond a couple weeks. And here we are almost a year later and you were right. I often get accused of being a cynic until like two years later and then people are like, oh. And you were right. And I was wondering if all of these things that you've kind of woken me up to this year, when sometimes I go on my rants, are you just sort of like, yeah, Carrie, welcome to the party. Like, I totally, I mean, some, that's why sometimes like you have a lot more energy about ranting for this than I do. Cause I feel like I've ranted about it for a year, partly to you. And, and I'm like, I'm just sitting back. It's like, I'm like watching this come to fruition. I'm like, this is a, this is an epic rant. This is great. Thank you. That's all I can say. It's just, thank you for the rant. Uh, I would give you a super chat if I could, but I'm just um, new to some of this. Yeah. Like, no, it's great. Um, it's great. But look, I, I they um and just for for new people, and I've said this a few times before, but uh I I'm gonna say this because I I want you to understand where I'm coming from personally. I have not always been like I've how do I want to say this? When COVID was starting, I was also an outlier. Our, our family sheltered in place. We locked down and didn't leave and had a little bit preppers anyway. So we locked down and didn't leave for weeks well before anyone said anything about COVID. While de Blasio was telling everyone to go to Chinatown and hug each other and swap spit, we were locked down, not ordering anything, eating from our food supplies. Like my daughter who had been pulled out of school, we were, we were in lockdown. And we were in lockdown precisely because we knew something was going on in China. We knew it was going to hit. The, at the time, the, the information we had was that it was really bad um, because China was freaking out. And obviously, it's difficult to get information out of China. So we erred on the side of caution and we locked down. 
fast forward to where we are now, although even at the time, I never argued for government lockdowns. I always said it should be personal choice. No one should be forced to lock down. It's a personal choice because authoritarian control is way deadlier than any virus you could possibly imagine. So uh, we don't want that. That's the worst possible thing. But um, so when people now see me kind of scoff at masks and kind of like, ah, you know, it's not, it's not as big of a deal or, you know, and I'm not, I'm not on the, I'm not on the Fauci side. I'm not raw, raw COVID. I'm not going to take a vaccine. I'm not, you know, I'm kind of a little bit lackadaisical about it. Uh, well, that's because the evidence has changed and my, I've been trying to pay attention to the evidence and, you know, you've I'm not, gotten more information. Yeah. But, but, and you don't have to do what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, whatever's right for you, you do. We're a relatively low risk family. We don't have any, you know, it's not, not living with any old people with preexisting conditions or anything like that. Uh, so we, we have relatively low risk, but you know, the, the, the point is use your own damn judgment, <laughs> use your own damn judgment. I don't care what your judgment is. It can be that I was a ludicrous for locking down. It can be that we should stay locked down for years. Whatever your judgment is, use it. It's your judgment. You're responsible for your own life. Use your own judgment. Stop substituting the judgment of either Fauci or CNN or Cuomo or your friends or, you know, or, or leaders on the right uh, who are telling you, yeah. you know, it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a hoax, blah, blah, blah. Stop substituting your judgment with other people's judgment. Stop doing that. You are responsible for your own life. Use your judgment. That's what liberty requires. If you want to live in a free society, you are required to be responsible for yourself and hold yourself accountable and accept the consequences of your own behavior and your own actions. That's what you've got to do. So I, you know, I think people on the right who also don't think about this and just accept whatever the leaders on the right are saying about it are also sheep. They're just sheep in a different pasture. We need independent thinkers to make up their own minds. You are responsible for making up your own mind. And I recommend reading both sides of it, looking a little bit about, you know, you don't have to get be an expert in science, but look at it, consider your own risks, see what data you can get, and then just make a judgment call. You want to, you know, so everyone has different risk tolerances. Stepping out of the door every morning, no matter whether there's COVID in the world or not, is a risk. Stepping outside is a risk. Sleeping is a risk. I mean, you know, driving could fall on your bed. Like everything is a risk. Like the world is full of risks. Everyone has different risk tolerances. Some people like to go skydiving and paragliding and uh, climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Other people uh, like to drive 20 miles an hour in the right-hand lane with their blinkers on. Like, okay, we all have different risk profiles. That's fine. Manage your own risk profile. Um, Stop looking for a parent to tell you what to do. Because when you're, if you look to a parent, you've already lost. It doesn't matter whether the parent is right or wrong. You have lost your humanity. You're no longer a person. You don't count as an individual anymore. You're a sheep at that point. What the hell do you need liberty for? All right. Let's okay. Just super chats. Um, Biden will implement some first 100-day actions for COVID that will end concurrently with the end of the cold flu season, says James. Maybe that's what we were, we were thinking, but I don't know. I'm starting to, like I said, I'm starting to doubt that maybe, maybe people will just, they're so brazen about it. They're just like, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Cause now they're all, notice the way they shift things. 
And so first it was first it was Cuomo speaking out against lockdowns and in favor of looking at the economy. And it was like, wait a minute, you're opposing everything you you've said previously. Um, and then it was I forget who the other leader, Democratic leader was that said something about it. And then this article came out in legacy media about the lockdowns not being effective. And so now I'm thinking like, you might be right. They may be so brazen. They feel like they don't even need anything to point to, to say he did this. Right. Right. Because I mean, if you look (laughs) the the farther, the farther gone societies are towards authoritarianism, the less they feel like they need to justify what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Um, So that's what we're starting to see. Cowgirl Carpentry says, um, Carrie, (laughs) (laughs) I love this one. Carrie, if you keep awesome ranting, you're going to be a volunteerist before you know it. Wink, wink. <laughs> She's awesome, goal. by That's the way. The Thank you, cowgirl. Uh, I want to talk to her sometime. She's really interesting. Um, okay. Pirate Tomsky, for one, welcomes our bug-eating lockdown enforcing totalitarian <laughs> <laughs> And he's offering his services during their administration. I think. You <laughs> will eat bugs, and you will be happy. <laughs> I, don't, I think I missed this one. It's kind of inappropriate, and uh, I'm not even sure what it's referring to, but um, Diversity and the Comics Bear, great name, says, this is big PP energy and uses an eggplant emoji and a heart face emoji after that. (laughs) I'm not even sure what that is, but uh, I mean, I can make some guesses. PP energy? I'm not sure to what he's referring. I don't know. Uh, Um, Let's see. Here's a new one. I'll let you do it. Ian Slater, he says, he's new. He says, I recently subscribed. Here's some trucker cra- trucker cash. Thank you, sir. Welcome. Very Tom. nice to meet you. Um, there was one I saw that wasn't a super chat I wanted to read. Oh, well, Pirate Tomsky's in there saying, can all the sheep in the chat tickle the like button, please? <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, Pirate Tom. <laughs> we're bad at manipulating people, Pirate. We need help we need <laughs> to be reminded that we can. Just ask people. To, oh, wait. Here's a super Look. chat. Andrew Joyner says, there's a new film on Prime Video called Songbird. It is about the world in its fourth year of lockdowns. Sounds fun. LOL. Oh, I saw that. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen the movie, but I saw that there's a movie out about a post-lockdown world. And I thought, how interesting. Uh, hopefully, it's a good movie, but how interesting that they're even touching that subject. Little Ragamuffin, is, is, this is not a super chat but I just wanted to read it. She says, does anyone think Biden will not make it past day one? Um, I actually, I, 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 I think he will. I, I don't, yeah. I don't think they care. I know there's this, there's a lot of talk about how they just used him to get Kamala in there, but it, he's this, he's beholden to all of them too. I mean, he is a puppet. They don't, they don't necessarily, they don't need her any more than him. In fact, he's probably more controllable than she is. Honestly, I was going to say they, 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 uh, yeah. Kamala is in, so they don't need to get rid of him. He's yeah. They don't need to get rid of him. He's not obstruction. They're going to, they're going to ride him until the wheels fall off. Plus it's better for their <laughs> optics if they can have Kamala elected. Yeah. So I do think it might be possible that he only runs one term and that the second term, I'm not hundred percent sure, but like he's old and he's clearly got some problems in his mom's basement there. So, uh, maybe, maybe for his second term, he'll just say, you know what? Uh, I'm endorsing uh, Kamala Harris, vote for Kamala Harris, um, and step out. Maybe not, because once people, you know, I guess being president probably feels cool, and maybe he's going to want that for another four years. Uh, but, I, you know, he's old. He's older than Trump. He's old. 
So I could see him. Yeah, I but I don't. I don't think they have. Stepping aside. There's no reason why they need to bump him out of the way. As as far as I can see, I don't. I don't see any reason why they need him out of the way. He's perfectly. It's a perfectly good bicycle that they're riding. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's no. He's not. He's not. He's not stopping anything. There's nothing that they want to do. That he's not like, going to do. Yeah. No one's saying like, if it weren't for Biden, we could do blah blah blah. No one's saying that. Yeah. It's just not happening. Uh. So. Um. They just oh, have this. To tell him to do it. There's been several people in the chat who've commented on my hat, and I just want to say I forgot to say thank you. This is one of the hats that um, <clears throat> Heather two nine six made for me last year, and now that it's gotten cold enough, I've been wearing it. I love it. Thank you, Heather. I did not make this. <laughs> a very a very talented person named Heather made it. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, Lady Dallas says Carter has a point, but then again, remember he chose her even though she performed horribly in the run-up. I'm not sure how that negates my point. He did choose her, even yeah. though she performed horribly <clears throat> in the run-up, because they told them to. He, yeah, uh, he chose her because, so. look, she gave them all the uh, the um, SJW. The yeah, but, but you know, she gave him all the SJW identity politics cred uh, because she is a woman and a woman of color, but not just that. This is the most important part. She's a woman of color who speaks social justice. She's not Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> you know, no way she, would they. Have... She's a recent social justice convert. Yeah, though, she's recent. Yes. Yeah, but she does. She'll, um, she'll do it. She'll play that game. Yeah. And again, I think they would. I think their narrative is better if they can have her get elected next. Um, Tachana says they might keep Biden for a while <laughs> just for a white man to blame. <laughs> <laughs> Without That's Biden, an point. who will you blame when things go wrong? That's a great, That's a great, great point. point. Yeah. Uh, Adam Coleman says, uh, my issue with Hotep, Hoteps is that they make descendants of Africa better in every way, yet they clumsily always fall for the tricks of Europeans. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a reactionary. It seems to me to be a reactionary thing where it's like, you know, there's the racists, uh, the white racists who who might have, have a racist view of, of history and look down on uh, Africans generally, and it's the counter to that, which is kind of racist the other way. And I know he said truth really matters. I agree with that truth matters. On the other hand, I actually don't know that, like, if the answer is we don't know about ancient history, who cares? I, like, I honestly, I, I who cares? Who cares? Who cares about what happened 6,000 years ago? I don't care. The question is, how do we move forward as a society together? And I don't think it really matters what color Hannibal was, but some people really think it matters. Okay. Yeah. And I, by the way, hi, Adam Coleman. Very good to see you in chat. Um, yeah. Just to be clear, since I was mostly uh, just sort of venting this morning about my annoyance about the disappointed comment was, uh, and I apologize. Thank you guys for bearing with my butthurtness, but... <laughs> There were obviously things uh, Hotep said I didn't agree with. And it's been a while since we did that interview. So it was even hard for me to remember the specifics. We, yeah. we just released it, but we recorded it before Christmas. And so I was trying to remember back to it. And I, di I didn't rewatch it. So uh, uh, there were things I disagreed with him about, but I also found him really interesting. And I like when we can bring on people who challenge us and push us and who disagree with us on things. And, you know, like I said, 
I would love, I'm going to read the book he suggested. I would love to get to talk to him again sometime, even if it's not on camera. So one of the odd things that I think about him is like, we can, he, he can say things historically that seem very far fetched for me, but his political conclusions are almost identical to yours. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I mean, I don't really care what you think about. <laughs> I'm happy that you're, you have the same philosophically solu- aligned to like, you have similar <laughs> you know. solutions. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Gene King says, uh, observation, sheep are the meekest and purest of all mammals. So I think that 75% of the population you talked about are more like the zombies. Yes. Uh, and it, it is insulting to sheep. We have called, like, we've talked about this before. Zombies are an excellent horror story metaphor. Carrie loves zombie movies. So yeah. They're movies, more, like, they're more zombies accurately. Are great metaphor. Look, they are zombies. But when I, yeah, when I use the sheep analogy, I'm specifically thinking about the sheep and animal farm. It's such a good analogy because if you, and if you haven't read that book recently, I would suggest you read it now because it's going to have so much more meaning in the times that we're in now. We read it for Unsafe Space Book Club, but you know the, the sheep get taken out back by Squealer, who's sort of at, he Squealer represents he's like propaganda piece for the pigs, for your overlords, right? And he's like the media. Squealer's like the media. The media takes the sheep and and programs them and gives them new things to go and bleat and repeat. Just like on social media, these people come in and they're like, they're all repeating now that the same stuff the media is saying. They're like, if you voted for Trump, you are white supremacists. Like it's like they're just being taught these things to say. So that's kind of what I mean by that when I say sheep. But remember, they've got. <coughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm coughing today. It's definitely you COVID. Have, you have the coof. Um, yeah. I used to say it's not COVID. Now I'm just gonna say it's definitely COVID. Um, they. The sheep in the animal farm, at first they were taught to say, um, what was it? Four legs bad. No, two legs bad. Two legs, two legs, two legs bad. bad. Four legs good. Mm-hmm. Four legs good. And then what, would it, what did it get changed to, Carter? I'm sure that was all about unity. Uh, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Two legs bad, four legs better. Was that it? I don't, I don't, I don't, you know what? I don't remember. I do remember they changed the rules all the time. Um, yeah. and there was lots of exceptions, uh, like all animals are equal. Some animals yeah. are more equal than others, but yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Hermit thrush says, uh, I was warning people two weeks before, uh, S hit the fan in March to stock up. Uh, those same scoffing skeptics are now the most rabid lockdown adherents. <laughs> yeah. I feel you, man. I was I was the weirdo in the store right before we went into lockdown with gloves and a mask and everyone looking at me like I was crazy. And now I'm the guy in there who's like <laughs> sneaking to see if I can pull the mask down below my nose. <laughs> Still getting crazy looks. Uh just to, just part- to, for the for the record, it was originally they said four legs good, two legs bad. And then when right. the pigs started walking on two legs, they changed it and they said four legs good, two legs better. Oh, they switched. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pirate Tomsky says, have you seen the statements from Poland and Mexico, big tech? Are we big tech? I wonder if those will be countries who need to be invaded as part of the new regime. I have not, uh, but that sounds good. I did see that somewhere, some was it some township or somewhere in Idaho that banned Twitter? <laughs> um, I did. Well, here's what's interesting. So I saw headlines and I haven't read these articles yet. I bookmarked them. I want to read them. There's so much, again, we're this week in particular, I just feel overwhelmed. 
with news and with how fast they're accelerating. I still have one big story that I think we need to cover. But okay, but but I saw two headlines. One was about Poland. Okay, Poland saying we will not censor people on social media, which that makes sense to me. That's coming from Poland. Um, Sure, although they can't, right? It's Twitter who censors people. Right, but they're, um, let me see if I can find this because I wanted to read it anyway. And then the other was Mexico speaking out against censorship on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here it is. Who'd have oh, thought? You got to look to Mexico for some principle of free speech stances. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh, that's exactly what he said. Duh. I'm sorry. I was reading. I was reading the four yeah. legs. Good thing. Yeah. So here it is. Poland's government. Thank you, Pirate Tomsky. I'm sorry. I was adult. Uh, por- <laughs> Poland proposes social media free speech law. Poland's government has proposed a new law to stop social media platforms deleting content or banning users who do not break Polish laws. The proposed bill would see social networks fined up to 50 million zloty. That's like monopoly money. I don't know what that is for failing to restore deleted posts or accounts. The law would also establish a freedom of speech council. Now here's what's interesting. As much as Carter hates censorship, I think he hates government regulation even more. So I'm curious what you think about this. You probably don't like this. Do you? (laughs) I don't know. Well, no. Although um, I'll say I, I've said this before, and I think there is um, there's two issues. I I know there's a legal section 230 issue, but I'm going to talk in in terms of morality for a second because I don't know what Polish Polish law is, and um, and even the U.S. law is a little bit dicey. Um, First of all normally you are liable for um you can be you can be sued for stuff that you say so like new york times can be sued for slandering carry libeling carry whatever i forget which is slander which is written one of them is written. libels written uh, libels written so they can get sued for libeling carry and saying that things that they know to be false or or whatever um and the reason that obviously Twitter has an, a carve out for this is they promise not to edit. Now, clearly what they're doing is editorial. So uh, I think by that standard, just legally, if, if Poland has something similar, that's an issue. My, my bigger problem with um, my bigger problem with Twitter, not just that I, I don't like their censorship, like obviously I don't like their censorship um, and uh, I think it's bad and we should oppose it. And that doesn't mean they don't have a right necessarily to do it. Here's where I think they don't have a right. Twitter and Facebook, but especially Twitter, Twitter gained their market status as the dominant player through a promise to the public that they would support free speech. Yes. They gained their status promising to, to be an open platform for people to have dialogue other than illegal things. And I think because that was their promise, changing it, you know, their behavior where they started to do this stuff, it only occurred after they were a publicly traded company and they were clearly the market leader for microblogging. So they used, it's a bait and switch. They Mm -hmm. used the promise of free speech and supporting free speech 
to attract people had they from day one said we're a microblogging platform with a radical leftist agenda who will ban you if you don't say things that are uh, in line with our narrative slash the WHO uh, <coughs> cathedral narrative. Uh, I think they probably would have had trouble. Maybe MySpace would still be around, or well, maybe that space, but whatever. Like, they would have trouble competing. Um, but they didn't. They said they were about free speech. <laughs> they said they were about open dialogue, and that gave them the market position that they have. And so, I think from a moral perspective, uh, they have they are guilty of committing fraud. They have fraudulently sold themselves to the public as a, a proponent of free speech. They turned around once they had a dominant market position and yanked that out from under the public. And that is fraud. If I promise I'm going to sell you a car and, you know, after you pay me the money, I send you a matchbox car, that's fraud, right? And that's what Twitter has done. And so I, I think that there's a moral obligation to stick to the the principles that they outlined when they were founded and when they were a fledgling company convincing people to join their platform because anything that they do now people join now even knowing that they're bad because they kind of they're the default they're the 800 pound gorilla so they're they kind of have a market leadership position it's the transition between startup and market leadership that where the the fraud occurred where they 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 got to market leadership and then switched their position. So I think that's unconscionable. I think it's immoral. And I think you can go after them for that. And, you know, again, not someone who likes big government stuff anyway, or government solutions to things at all. If a government's going to do something, I think it would be interesting for Poland to say, I'll tell you what, we found your terms of service from 2006 or whenever, <laughs> like, you're allowed to implement those, because that's what you promised people. Anything after that, uh, people can sue you for for fraud and i i think that would do a number on twitter um but ultimately politics aren't the answer which is why we talk about philosophy and culture on the show ultimately it's the culture that matters twitter is existing in a twitter's only a reflection of the culture of the elitists that have control and um if we don't change culture if you don't stop sending your kids to Berkeley to get sociology degrees, this is going to continue to happen. We've been funding them and supporting this bad ideology for decades. So this is what you get. This is, we get the culture we deserve. We got this culture. Um, not all of us supported it, but a lot of us did. Enough of us ignored it and thought it was just some stupid thing that would remain relegated to universities and, you know, people with oddly colored hair and, and, you know, metal bits around their face would argue on on the campus, but but no one else would care and it would never metastasize. Well, people said it would metastasize. You didn't believe them. It has metastasized and here we are. So you can't fix it with, we can't fix it with laws. You really can't um, because guess who's gonna be in control of the government at some point? Same people and they're gonna use those yeah. laws against you. Yeah. All right, Kevin Collins. Kevin Collins says about time we brought up IMF, WHO, WF, and what they're doing. Wish I could talk to you guys. Collectivism, authoritarianism, individualism, war. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's so much there, dude. You know, uh, that might be something. I'm just spitballing here, so you may not like this, Carter, because we may not end up doing it. But we're trying to figure out what we're going to do on that locals community we created. And we do have engagement, you know, 
uh, in book club, we have people on camera where we have discussions, but specifically about the books that we read. Maybe we could do something on locals. That's like we have community hang around the campfire hour where people can come yeah, in and we can just talk or something. I don't know. Yeah. We're just an idea how to use locals, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Blackbeard says, isn't it funny? Uh, all the defenders of democracy and haters and political violence will destabilize. Wait. Yeah. Destabilize anyone who wants to play ball with us. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, the gay rascal says Poland is one of the countries that banned swastika and hammer and sickle because they experience both and they know they're basically And they know the same. what's <laughs> up. Everything I hear about Poland makes me think those guys know what's up. <laughs> they're they're based. I think they're Poland based. is pretty based. Yeah. <laughs> as as the kids say. Uh, people are based. considering where to move. Maybe consider Poland. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, we can talk about that. Yeah. Moving stuff later. Although I'm still uh, recruiting for Texas and I have heard from several of you and those of you I haven't written back to yet, I'm, I'm getting to it, but I've written back to some of you. So Texas. One, at least one super chat I missed, which I can't obtain again, says, butthurtedness. Carrie confirmed having been reformed by lurking 4chan. I What's that what mean? That means. I think you're using a term that maybe 4chan uses. I'm not sure. Is it? Uh, one of the I'm... comedians I used to represent used that word all the time. Oh, so. But <laughs> Okay. Um, I have to take a short break. Why don't I take it while you set up the next topic? Because I know what you're going to talk about. Good. Is that it's a, good? It's a doozy. Oh, I'll be listening to you on my phone. All right. It's a doozy. And sanitizing so. my hands. Okay, bye. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is a, this is a, um, this is one of those moments where things, things are often messier than everyone says they are, right? Things are often like, there's just often a lot messier. So let's talk about the messiness of some of the stories around the uh, DC <clears throat> riots. So there's a guy that you might be hearing about named John Sullivan. By the way, a lot of this comes from uh, Jason, our former Twitter guy. He's still our guy. He's just formerly Twitter since we don't have Twitter. Um, and so he did a great job. And uh, also, I'm going to shout out to Max Blumenthal, who written, wrote an excellent article. Um, but there's a guy named John Sullivan. He's also going by Activist X, Activist John, and Jaden X. The reason you're um, hearing about him is is there's kind of this couple narratives uh, going around about whether he is – is he in uh, – agent provocateur or is he does he have a political agenda um and is he on one side or the other i believe the correct answer is both i think he is an agent provocateur motivated by leftist ideology which we'll get to why are people talking about the guy well he was at the dc riots in fact he was on the front lines of the dc riots. he actually is the guy that filmed ashley babbitt being killed um and he was with a woman named Jade Sacker. Now, Jade, oddly enough, was making a documentary about John and his brother James, which we'll get into. So that's why they were there, at least ostensibly. Now, he had his footage that of, of this stuff was featured on CNN. CNN, Anderson Cooper, had him on. Um, so here's, you know, you've probably seen this video going around. I'm not going to play the whole video, but... 
uh, you know, here's they're talking about how Trump did this thing, and here's Anderson, and he's showing the video uh, of some of this this stuff. And now the guy filming this again is Jaden X. They've got his name up here. He's the he's the activist. Now uh, they eventually Anderson actually interviewed this dude. Here he is. Um, I think this is. I'm not sure. I think this might be Jade, uh, but I'm not sure. But they interviewed this guy, and they interviewed him as if he was just, you know, just a documentarian there, you know, paying attention, just not, you know, just just there to document events. That's what he was there for, allegedly. Anderson didn't really, they didn't really do much research into him, but they did show him as the founder of Insurgents USA which we'll get to in another moment. But there's actually some, there's some issues with this guy. And there's some oddities, we'll say. One of them is, uh, he's actually seen in his own videos as inciting the violence himself. He encourages a police officer, he encourages police officers to leave by kind of like, the mob's gonna, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, the mob's gonna hurt you, you know, you really should leave, man. Like, we can help get you out. Like, I don't want anyone to get hurt, you know, I don't want anyone to get hurt, you should leave. Um, at one point, he's yelling that he's got a knife and let him to the front of the crowd. I'm not sure what his, the argument is. Maybe he's gonna use it for something, I don't know, but people are letting him through because he's, he's claiming he's got a knife. Um, there's a scene of him breaking a window in celebration of, of breaching the Capitol. Um, he's yelling stuff like, fuck this shit up and, let's go, you guys are savage, and we gotta get this shit burnt. He's yelling all of this kind of stuff to in, like encourage people to do violent things on the front lines of the riot, right up until the moment Ashley is shot, like right up until that moment, he, he's there yelling this stuff, ginning up violence and trying to get people to do stuff. Um, he also seemed to be in some sort of chat um, some, some sort of chat group people are claiming was with Antifa. I don't know if there's direct knowledge of that, um, but he's he was in some sort of chat group. And I'll show you this. You know, if you want, you can go watch some of these videos yourself. We're not going to play all of them. But in this video, let's see if we can even get sound going. Maybe not. I don't know if you guys can hear that or not. Uh, but we'll back up. We'll back up on the video. This, yeah, you can't hear it. That's fine. This is uh, this is a video of him and Jade, uh, and she comes up to him in this video and she says, "We did it. You were right. We did it." So this is his, the filmmaker saying, "You were right. We did it." She's talking to John Sullivan, and she, and John returns to her and says, "Dude, I was trying to tell you. I couldn't say much." And she says, "You were right," and he says, "You just have to watch my chat, right?" Um, and and then oddly later on in this video she says wait you aren't recording are you and he says oh i'll delete this shit uh, uh obviously he didn't <laughs> and so we get to we get to see it you, links to all this stuff we always put links to the stuff that we show in the show notes so you'll get to see all of it um if you want but so so this is going out now it turns out that this guy is a leftist that spoke at blm rallies um, let's see, it's a couple things. One, uh, here he is speaking at a BM, uh, BLM rally, uh, threatening to rip the president out of the White House. So again, we don't have to watch this video, but he's speaking at a BLM rally doing this. He also was present 
in where is it here it is in utah remember this remember the in provo utah the guy who shot into the white suv well here is john standing there he actually knows this guy and a few days later he actually organized I don't, a rally i don't i don't think that these are showing up on the screen oh my my, my mistake i switched it sorry yeah when uh, you said here he is as a blm rally threatening to rip the president sorry, tr sorry. trump here's, out of the white house at the blm yeah. rally Yep, there we go. Sorry about and that. And he, he in that in right. that video, he th he yells, um, you know, we're gonna rip Trump out of the White House. Yep, I'm not. We're not playing. I'm gonna play in the audio, but yeah. yeah, he's yelling about it, right? Sorry. And then and here's the here's the other one I'm showing. Here's the picture. This guy's shooting into the SUV. This is this guy here is is John. He's friends with this guy. He ended up John again. Like I said, ended up organizing a rally in Provo. Shortly after that, he was actually arrested. Uh, for that rally, um, for, for some of his behavior at the rally. Here's his website, Insurgents. Okay. Uh, you can read all about the about, but you can see it's all about the truth, how Trump planned a coup with the Proud Boys to storm the United States Capitol. Now, this is rich coming from a guy who was there uh, inciting the violence himself, right? But you can, you can check out the site. It's basically a leftist site. He's... he's uh, you know, promoting kind of the ideology you would expect on the left, Insurgents USA, join the revolution, blah, blah, blah. It's a formed in response to the George Floyd, George misspelled uh, Floyd tragedy. So, um, so that's this guy, but things actually get interesting here. So, th so this, by the way, the story gets kind of, kind of weird. So it turns out that the filmmaker uh, is filming because there's a rivalry between this guy and his brother, James. Now, they're both from Utah. His brother, James, is on the right, as is the rest of the family, and is a pro-Trump supporter. In fact, his brother, James, helped um, organize the Stop the Steal rally in D.C. Um, and James has been saying John is uh, a left-wing infiltrator, basically from Antifa, and he's been, he's been throwing us under his brother under the bus, accusing John of uh, being a left-wing infiltrator and this plays into the narrative obviously that the right is not having so the right is saying look this guy's antifa um he he was he was part of this this riot and and he was the instigator and antifa was here so he, he, that plays into this idea that antifa was responsible for all the violence um however again i i'm going to shout out to max blumenthal does a great job investigating stuff um, there's an article I will show here really quickly if you are interested in more, more details. This article is on the Gray Zone um, from Max Blumenthal, and it is called Chaos Agent Right Wing Blames U.S. Capitol Riot on Notorious Instigator Banished by Black Lives Matter. So the Banished by Black Lives Matter is interesting. So this part, it turns out that this guy, uh, yes, he's got a rival, rivalry with his brother. Yes, he appears to be left wing, but... The left-wing groups didn't like him either. Um, and you can see what Rebellion Baby has said. Now, this is a new post, and you might say, well, you know, they're just saying this after the fact. He says, our first threat about John was intended to help protect leftist protest communities from this harmful behavior. Since John's little stunt at the Capitol building during D.C. insurrection, we have more to talk about. And they, there's a whole thread you can read here. But let's look at an earlier thread. This was posted in November of 2020 before all of this. This is the leftist's 
This is leftist saying, we have reason to believe that a likely infiltrator slash agent provocateur by the name of John Sullivan or activist John is attempting to insert himself in, C in the Seattle protest community. So this guy, by the way, he got, um, after his Provo rally that he organized, he was arrested. And after he was arrested and released, um, his brother James got a phone call from Black Lives Matter. Now remember, James is on the right. James is pro-Trump. The Salt Lake City chapter of BLM called James and, and tried to say, please help get your brother out of our community. And according to James, he says, that was actually a weird phone call. They reached out to me and they said, hey, this is what John's doing. We're trying to get this stuff done and he's getting people hurt and arrested. You know, they don't need to be arrested. These are good people that are going to prison because John would incite violence. Uh, this, by the way, I'm getting this from Max Blumenthal. Um, so John was barred from the Utah activist community, or at least ostracized from the Utah activist community. And he moved up to Portland, but then, and then eventually he ended up in Seattle. So you can see that Seattle then said, hey, uh, <laughs> Portland doesn't like him. Salt Lake City doesn't like him. You guys shouldn't like him either. He's a problem. So the reason that I'm, I'm bringing this up, there's a couple resources if you're interested in this stuff. One is, uh, you know, you can, oops, not that one. One is you can look at the Donald and there's lots of information people have done, in, uh, compiled lots of interesting information about John Sullivan if you want. Where's, where's want the Donald? What's the Donald? The Donald slat dot win. It probably was used to be a 4chan. It um, used to be a Reddit. Uh, where is it at Reddit now? Or something. The Donald dot win. Okay, thank That's you. The URL. Yeah, the, the URLs we'll put in the link in the in the description. But there's a lot of research here now. Of course, this is a generally pro right. Obviously, this is a pro Trump thing. So they they assume that John is Antifa. Um. Max, as much as I like him, obviously Max is generally pro-left and anti-right, so he kind of assumes that he's an unaffiliated agent provocateur who has stirred up stuff on the left and stirred up stuff on the right and doesn't really have a political agenda. Now, I think the truth is probably both. I think the truth is that um, the truth is probably that he is an agent provocateur. He does just want to stir things up and he's motivated by a radical leftist agenda. But this says something about the media, I think. <laughs> it says something about the media uh, and their honesty. I mean, with the exception of Max Blumenthal, there's just this blatant disregard for any kind of journalism. Like, no one's bothering to look at any of this. Uh, um, and again, I don't agree with Max Blumenthal, and I do think he's biased, but at least he is being honest and like, really trying to look into what's true about this guy and what's not true about this guy. Um, and, you know, I think it says something about the you know, the state of tensions that we're in right now. This guy, so just to be clear, this guy didn't help BLM's cause. When he was in the BLM stuff, he didn't help their case. He fed into the narrative that they were violent. And, and obviously, we on this show do think that they were a lot of violent, and we see their rhetoric, and there was a lot of violence. And, like, Okay, fine. But he certainly didn't help that. He went in and agitated and tried to create more. He wasn't helping them have a better public. Like, he wasn't helping the public perceive them any better. He certainly didn't help the Trumpers. Storming the Capitol was 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 uh, undermined their goal. Um, it, it interrupted the 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 legitimate legal process that they were hoping would work. Uh, totally turned people against them. 
gave the cathedral an excuse to crack down on them, got a bunch of people banned from Twitter. He certainly didn't help their cause. So he's not helping either side, although I do think he's motivated based on you know what he has said and based on his website and, and, and stuff like that. He looks like he's motivated from the left, but he's just trying to cause trouble. He's kind of like a collapsitarian on the left. He wants to bring about uh, a civil war and he's willing to be the spark that starts th the trouble. Um, and, you know, sparks only work if you've got, <laughs> you know, material like you need, I don't know, uh, you need like a, an oxidizer and fuel, right? So with, you know, if you don't have gunpowder, we, so here's a better example. We were camping recently. It was rainy. I could have thrown a match on the ground. Nothing would have happened, but in the right climate in California during a dry summer, if I throw a match on the ground, uh, you know, <laughs> millions of acres will burn or where hundreds of thousands of acres will burn. Like, it'll just take off. We're at a time culturally, culturally right now where sparks like this, who may have always exist, existed, people who've always had, maybe he even has mental problems or some suggestions of that, people who've always had this provocateur bent to them and want to cause trouble, um, you know, those elements don't do a lot of damage if society calms down. But right now, we're, I think we're sitting on a powder keg. So this guy and guys like him can jump from one side to another and just cause absolute chaos uh, because the, you know, the fuel is there. We're, we're there. He's the spark that can really start this, and we are primed for a spark. Um, so that's I just wanted people to know the details about what this is who this guy is, you're probably, you may hear stuff from the left that he's unrelated to them completely. That's not true. You may hear stuff from the right that is that says he's completely Antifa. I don't think that's true, but I do think he's motivated uh, by that. So I just, I want people to be aware. There is also a narrative, both sides, by the way, interestingly enough for the anarchists in the, in the classroom here, <laughs> uh, both sides, there are conspiracies on both sides that think he's a fed. Um, both sides are like, I don't know. I think the guy's a fed. I don't, he's probably not a fed, but, um, but both sides are worried about him being a fed. That's all I have to say about him. I don't, there's not, I don't have a lot of opinions about it. I just want to get the information out because man, it is you're two not, completely different movies. It is two completely different movies and you're not going to see the legacy media covering this. They're happy no. to have him on like on Anderson Cooper in any way that supports their narrative. To have him on and pretend like he's just there as an observer and filming things. But you can, I would be so shocked if they did an expose on him and even did half of what you just covered and showed the footage of him uh, threatening to burn crap down, shit down, he said, and how he threatening to pull Trump out of the White House before the election, even. He's like, we're, we're not going to have the election, we're going to pull Trump out of the White House. They're not going to show that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, I did this in a very, that was a very high level, uh, quick high level overview. You can dig deep if this article from Max Blumenthal, um, is long. He's again, he's one of the only people who's kind of jumping off the movie script and like, well, I see the movie and I like the bias of the movie, but uh, I'm a little suspicious that this is the only movie. And he's like <laughs> at least kind of willing to do real journalism and look in. He's done a fabulous, he's done just a tremendous job um, researching uh, on this kind of stuff. So, yeah.
Yeah. I don't know. By the way, there's also, I don't know if you saw this. Remember the crazy hat guy? Yes. The QAnon shaman, they called him. Um, well, the no, horns. the guy with the Fargo hat. Not the, not, the, not the horns. The guy with the Fargo hat. Oh, no, I don't know who that is. There's a whole conspiracy theory about him now where, uh, and there's a thread. There's a thread about it. Let's see. I'll, let me just walk through the thread on it really quickly. Okay. The, the thread is, and I've looked through these videos. You can kind of see all this stuff in the video but we won't play the videos. <laughs> he comes from behind the secure line. So like there's this video, there's a police on the line here and they're all holding the, the people back. This guy comes actually from behind the police and enters. That's how he gets into the crowd, which is weird, right? It seems like he's coming from kind of weird secure area. Then um, the next, sorry, the next thing he does is, um, he starts bashing the windows. He gets a Kevlar helmet and does that. Okay, fine. Um, the next thing he does is weird. After Ashley is shot, you can't really see it in this particular screenshot, but he, he talks to the police and they let him go down the stairs by himself in kind of a relatively secure landing area with their backs to him. No no other rioters down there. It's just, just police. And he's down there. They're not even paying attention to him. And then the final... The final act in this four act thing is he actually changes his clothes. You can't see this here as well, but let's see if we can even, you can find it. He's back here. He's this guy here and you can actually see he takes his clothes and he stuffs them in a backpack. He changes his outfit behind and here's, these are all police. These are all police backs to him. Look at this, this area is clear of rioters. He's here by himself. So. For the conspiracy theorists out there, uh, or just people who don't like weirdness, which I don't like the weirdness of this, uh, this looks odd. <laughs> why Why is this guy coming from behind the police lines, inciting all this crap, having a conversation with a cop, and then going back behind the cop lines and changing his clothes? Does it necessarily mean he's a plant of some kind? No, there could be other explanations for it. But uh, definitely, I, again, I wish, I so wish we had a media to go investigate this. Can, can someone please ask who the hell this guy is and what the heck he's doing and why he was there and how he got behind police lines? And, you know, maybe there's a rational explanation. But, um, yeah, someone just said, how is he not a Fed? I, I don't know. It certainly seems like he's a Fed, but I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I have, I just, I just want to make a point about please, please the way in which the legacy media is and the, the whole cathedral legacy media, social media, Ben and Jerry's like all the corporations who are on board with, with social justice. Um, they're all saying, and democratic politicians, they're all now saying that this was about white supremacy and they're pretending that this was all white people. And uh, there are people in the crowd who, who, who's eyewitness accounts who've reported on the ground and on, on what happened. And uh, you know, this crowd by all accounts was very diverse, like a lot of Trump rallies, like a lot of yeah, the MAGA you can stuff see it in the videos, very racially diverse. Videos. Yeah. But they want to yeah. pretend that it was all white people. And we've heard them pushing these racially divisive, narratives the part, one part of the narrative that they're pushing one part of it is that 
this is all white people and that this is about white supremacy. And it, they are trying to start, they've been trying this for a while. They all through the summer of this year, they've been trying this. They, it's, it's like, they don't just want us to believe in this false right left dichotomy. Cause that keeps us infighting, keeps us bickering amongst ourselves and keeps our eyes off of what the cathedral, what the elitists are doing to us, how they're, they're shutting us down. They're shutting down our businesses. They're harming us while saying it's all in the interest of the public good. They're harming us while saying they're helping us. They're taking our tax dollars. They're using it to bail out corporations. They're participating in this historic transfer of wealth from the middle class and small business owners to corporations. They're participating in all of this. They're printing more money. What is that figure? 20% of all of our, all of our dollars were printed in 2020. Like they're printing more money. They're Biden's going to do more. And it's going to do more. They're, they're taking money out of our pockets and they're keeping us divided with this fake left, right thing. But they're also keeping us divided by trying to stoke racial tension, by trying to convince people that black and white matters and that, that, you know, we've been covering this for the past two years, but they're trying to do this. And it just made me think of how, isn't it weird that we live in a time where the media is kind of like Charles Manson at this point, like, or the communist party in the cold war intentionally trying to do this in the U S yeah. So uh, anybody who's not familiar with the specifics of what Charles Manson the crazy guy, you know, murderer, <laughs> cult leader. But if you're not familiar with the specifics of what he believed and what he was teaching, um, the I have this old copy of Helter Skelter. Uh, th- this, I just, it was funny. I opened it up because I was wondering if I could find the page and I, I accidentally opened it up right to the page I was looking for. But this is during testimony in the trial. And this was Charles... Watkins being questioned, who was one of the Manson family. And he's talking about what, what Charles Manson believed and why, why he did what he was doing. And he said, um, uh, oh, so, so here's one of the questions. Did Charlie ever talk to you about a black white revolution? Yeah, that was Helter Skelter. And he believed it was going to happen in the near future, almost immediately. What did he say about this black white revolution? How would it come about and what would it accomplish? It would begin with the black man going into white people's homes and ripping off the white people and physically destroying them until there was open revolution in the streets until they finally won and took over. Then black man would assume white man's karma. He would then be the establishment. He used to explain how it'd be so simple to start out. A couple of black people, some of the, the spades from Watts would come up into the Bel Air and Beverly Hills district up in the rich piggy district and just really wiped some people out, just cutting bodies up and smearing blood and writing things on the wall and blood, all kinds of super atrocious crimes that would really make the white man mad. Um, And then it says uh, he Manson said that a group of real blacks would come out of the ghettos and do an atrocious crime in the richer sections of LA and other cities. They would do atrocious murder with stabbing, killing, cutting bodies, pieces, et cetera, et cetera. So then he says uh, out of their fear, he said that the, the murders would cause mass paranoia among white people. Out of their fear, they would go into the ghetto and start shooting black people like crazy. But all they would kill would be the ones that were with Whitey in the first place. And that the true black race, who Manson identified at various times as the black Muslims and the black Panthers, wouldn't be affected by it. They would be in hiding and waiting. So then it goes on. I'm not going to read all of it. But he goes on to say he believed that 
after all of this racial unrest and divisiveness and and murder and and this racial war that black muslims would take over the world but that they but he was also racist he was super racist and manson said that they wouldn't be able to run the world because they couldn't handle what white men could do he said and so then they would come they would come to him charles manson <laughs> <laughs> to have him run the world. He was so, going to run the world. Yes, or he yes, was going to yes. negotiate between the two sides. Yes. Plan. Now, there's a lot of craziness in here, but it, the reason why he started the murders in his messed up, insane brain was he was trying to pin it on black people. He went ahead and kickstarted this thing he thought was going to happen. And black people weren't doing this. They weren't going up into Beverly Hills and murdering people and writing piggy on the wall. So he started doing it and, and hoping that people would think that white people would think it was black people doing it. He really wanted to jumpstart this racial war. And so what you're saying is Charles Manson was ahead of his time. I'm saying, yes, I'm saying the media makes me think of Charles Manson. <laughs> yes. They really want, they want a racial war. They want a right left war. They, they want it. They want to sell um, papers. They want to get clicks. They want to get, your eyeballs they want they want us at each other's throats it benefits them and yeah well yeah. as you said because it keeps it keeps people distracted from the fact that we're on a farm together and the pigs are busy taking over the farmer's house and rewriting the rules <laughs> like yeah that's the distraction they've got the you know yes. the thing that i don't think animal farm did have was like the divisiveness on the farm with the animals fighting each other yeah. and like you know then it would have, have been had the pigs like well the black sheeps and the white sheeps are it's all yes. the black, black sheep so it's all the white blah, 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 blah. like that would have been a more accurate version yeah. of the animal and the pigs just you know going to learn how to walk on two feet and hanging out and eating yeah keep the all farm. the other animals fighting with each other which is <laughs> exactly. what they're really good at they're really good at that and we just fall for it and right and meanwhile a... they're printing money which by the way is a tax on the poorest people yeah but they, but they're totally. You, you turn on the news right now, and all you hear is this racial division. Brené Brown is pushing it. Ben and Jerry's is pushing it. They're all pushing this nonsense, and they are, they are morally culpable for what happens, for anything that comes after this as a result of that. That's what I think. Of course, yeah. Someone says the U.S. media is not a phantom ghost. It's run by humans. You can find out who they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can. Um, and uh, look, that's the, the sad thing. And the good thing, I guess, is at the end of the day, none of these people are like alien lizard people that you can't control. Like all these people are humans. Yeah. Um, so they can be fought by humans. Um, some, someone gives you a super chat, Carrie, by the way, and says, I friend requested you on Facebook. I super chatted you guys last week in regard to a woman contemplating suicide comment. Interested in chatting. That's the guy who said he wanted Kevin to chat Thomas. with us. Yeah, I, I responded to him in chat. I'm going to, I have a lot of requests if I haven't gotten to it. I'll find you. I'll look for you specifically. Yeah. <clears throat> can you just, can you give me one more rant on something? No, I'm branted out. I'm going to go lay down and <laughs> I'm watch gonna, it. I'm enjoying rants. Honestly, like today's show, and actually the other day I felt like this too. Like for a lot of the show, I got to just be uh, like and really enjoy the show. I did. I was just like, this is great. I'm loving your rants. So uh and i think the audience like i think you guys like your rants right yeah uh, i've looked so. I, after i'm gonna go uh here's my bread and circuses lately my housemate has a netflix account and we are watching a british baking show <laughs> it's a good it's a good distraction 
<laughs> it, it's really just wholesome and they're just trying to bake beautiful cakes. And Excellent. I need to, everybody needs to take a break once in a while. I need to take a break once in a while. I can't be plugged into this all the time. You know, we've been trying to kick it up Knox this year. We've been doing more interviews this month. We've been guesting on other shows a lot. Like we're trying to yeah. really kick it up in these crazy times. And also, cause we know our time is limited on YouTube. And so um, yeah. I was, I was like yesterday, I'm like, I just need to watch the baking show. <laughs> Can you remind people where you've been, where you've you been lately? What other shows have you been on? Oh, it's been a, a yeah. Number. You should check out. Um, okay. I was on uh, Chris Williams, who's uh, K-Dub True on YouTube. And he was on our show recently. We got to interview him. Well, he had me on his show. His show is specifically a Christian show. He's a Christian who talks a lot about social justice ideology and how it is opposed to the gospel. And he also raps about critical race theory. He's a really good. At, he's really good at it too, which is hard to do, I think, with rapping about something so dense. That kind of dense material, you know. But he um, he had me on his show. You can check that out on his channel. And then. Um, Oh, the comedian Kurt Metzger had me on Can't Get Right with Kurt. Uh, that's on, you can watch it wherever or listen to wherever podcasts are. He's also on YouTube. I was on Benjamin Boyce at the beginning of the month. And that was really interesting because he asked me a lot of questions about God uh, at, towards the end, which in a way that no one's really asked me yet. And I really like Benjamin is a really awesome dude. And uh, man, I'm blanking. There's another one. There's been several. Um, but yeah, uh, check out and support these, these channels. Cause everyone, everyone who's doing independent content content right now is at risk of being deplatformed at some time. They may not go in this particular purge or the next one, but they're going to go in some purge as long as things continue on this path. Oh, Hunter Badger radio. I was on H honey badger radio oh. with Adam and you can find that, uh, that was a video one too on, on YouTube, honey badger. Um, and then, yeah, I'll let you know. There's going to be more. We and we have more. We still have the interview with Cameron Pasha, which is going to be coming out. And this coming week, we're going to get to talk to Seamus from Freedom Tunes. If you guys like that channel, he makes some really funny animated videos. I'm really excited. Beverly's really excited to find out how much of the animation and everything he does himself. I think it's a lot, if not all of it. Um, yep. But yeah. So Pyro Tomsky, by the way, says that Tim Pool shouted out. Shouted us out about getting banned from Twitter. I didn't see that, but that's cool. Oh, cool. Um, Thank yeah. you, Tim. And Beverly says, Beverly's helping us out with some super chats here. Beverly says, uh, we missed Cecil's super chat. Everyone watch after school's YouTube video from December 22nd. Alan watched The Road to Hell is Paved with Good Intentions, a stunning tool versus the righteous mob. Cool. We will do We've that. been and... getting so many good recommendations lately. There's so much to watch and read. And I'm really excited about our book club list because, I mean, we've got so many good book recommendations to choose from. You guys need to get in the book club if you're not already in the book club. It's fun. Yep. It's fun. Um, and a super <clears throat> chat that I missed from uh, Azor Ahai. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Sorry. Hi, Azor. Uh, it's Azor. Azor. Sorry. It says, if Twitter and Facebook take government money, how can the private business excuse work? Right. Well, that's a separate issue, which I didn't even get into, but that blurs the lines. Absolutely. You're 100% correct. I think it's a way by the government to subvert the First Amendment. Yeah. Um, and Michael Recton, oh, no, Mark, yeah, Rec Michael Rechtenwald has talked about the origins of some of these companies, the money that they've taken. Um, and frankly, you know, this gets into a much more complicated subject, which we won't talk about now, although Peter Schiff has said that he would be willing to come and talk about it with me. Uh, I was in the startup community for 
a couple decades. I was in the venture capital community a little bit and in the angel investing community for a while. I am, I, I think that, I think someone needs to really talk about how the monetary policy uh, of, of the Federal Reserve and also the tight relationship with, with, uh, with big banks, the Federal Reserve banks and, and generally uh, the banking industry, which is extremely, extremely tied in um, with the federal government. It's not, a, it's not a free market. Banking isn't a free market by any means. Um, I think there are, as a result of that distortion to a free market at the very highest level of capital, uh, I think that trickles down all the way through how um, it trickles down to how uh, uh, limited partners end up funding venture capital funds. It trickles down to how venture capital funds make decisions. It trickles down all the way to how startups behave. It has an impact all the way down at the very lowest level of starting a company in your garage um, because of the way the incentives that the capital chain has set up for you. If you've got a path to success as a startup and that path to, the, of, to success is largely carved out by uh, the, the, the more the higher up the money chain you go, uh, the more it's carved out and the more it's affected by federal um, manipulation and basically oligarchical practices between the federal government and 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 big money. So it you might not have the same venture capital scene uh, that you have today in a completely free market without the Federal Reserve and without being able to without these oligarchs at the top being able to basically print themselves money, exploit crises to print themselves money um, at the expense of everyone who has to deal with inflation and all the other crap that they do. Um, but that's a longer discussion at some point. Um, I, I just made me say, go to off clarify, on so. I got Azor's name wrong. It's as you said it right. It's Azor. Azor? I'm sorry, oh. Azor. I'm sorry, Azor. And also the, <laughs> I know I thought I had it right. I don't understand. Uh, and then, and then also, uh, you made me think of a tweet I saw from Zuby the other day, which is just such a great short tweet of things that make you go, Hmm. He said, uh, if private companies can do what they want, why can't they open? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Private companies can do what they want, except for open. <laughs> except for be open for uh, business. <laughs> <laughs> there are some good things about Twitter, and one of them is that some, sometimes the constraints force people to come up with really great witticisms, uh, and yeah. great little quips, and that's a great one. So Why can't they um, be open? Tatiana says, I can see if I can get uh, Friar Fri Peter Hears to talk about how the Orthodox Church is dealing with things in postmodern times. It could be interesting. Please, yes. Tatiana, yeah. I Someone asked talk if we've to... had Benjamin Boyce on the show. We have had Benjamin Boyce on the show. Um, we so should have him back. We'll That'll him. be fun. Sure. Okay. Uh, I just, one final thing, because we're about, we're wrapping up now. Uh, it's, it's been like two and a half. That's almost three I know. hours, Carrie. We went long today. It's okay. <laughs> uh, somebody earlier asked, what's wrong with Carrie? She's kind of snippy today. Everybody has their days. Thank you for bearing with me. I had a day today. I'm having a day. The, the Newsweek article about the COVID study out of Stanford just really set me off. And uh, I appreciate you guys uh, letting me vent. And also, I'm the first to admit I was butthurt at the beginning about that email about being disappointed in me. So uh, I'm a human being. I'm going to rant sometimes, but I'm, tomorrow's probably going to be a better day. It usually is <laughs> the next day. <laughs> Anyway, if I annoyed oh, you, I apologize. 
And also you can follow us. Uh, what's the final stuff we say? You can find us on unsafespace.com. You can follow us on all the major platforms except Twitter. And you can also go to uh, unsafespace.com book club page to find out about book club. We're going to be doing our discussion live and Helen and James, who, the authors of the book are going to be involved in some way. That's going to be on January 24th. You can read their book, cynical theories, and uh, you can be a part of the conversation. Uh, you can also go to our donate page at unsafespace.com. And that tells you different ways to contribute if you want to be a contributor, um, or you can just contribute by putting out like sharing the good word, liking videos, whatever, or just by watching. Absolutely. By the way, I have, I have to call out Wonder Freeman says, read Capitalism Magazine online. I have a special, I have a soft spot in my heart for Capitalism Magazine because I used to write for them like a long, long time ago and be an editor for Capitalism Magazine. I haven't read them in years, but usually, if I recall, it was good stuff. Go check them out. Um, yeah, well, thank you everyone for watching. Uh, do appreciate it. And uh, we will see you on Monday. Book Club's not this weekend. It's next weekend. Next weekend. Cynical Theories. Next weekend. Um, all right. Well, thanks, Carrie. Have a good weekend. Enjoy something <laughs> frivolous intermittently. E even a baking I always show. do. You know me. Okay. I mean, I'm a very frivolous person. <laughs> <All right>. Okay. <laughs> Later. All right, everyone. Let's see if I can. Let's see if on the new setup, I can actually give you your outro credits. The question is, will it work? Maybe. Maybe. We'll try. Here we go. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Their mere existence is an incitement to violence. Here's a fun fact, soon enough censorship will be the least of your concerns. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Did you know that in 1977, researchers at Villanova discovered that the more often a lie is repeated, the more people would believe it? I thought that was interesting. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.